Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. As we kick uh, kick off another week of fun and excitement here tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. Gardner Goldsmith joining us uh, back from his trip to the horror convention in the United Kingdom. Oh, blighty. Yeah, that's right. I was across the pond having having, uh, bangers and mash, you know. It was delicious. Good time. I hear you met up with uh, some of our, at least one of our listeners over there and one of your listeners over at Liberty Conspiracy. Good old Zigster and uh, Wayne Simmons. We had a a libertarian cadre over there. Mark, you've had Wayne on the show, right? Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, we he did uh, some advertising. I can't yep. remember that we did an interview. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I feel like you did, but we've okay. done we've done numerous interviews with Wayne. He's from Northern Ireland. He has a new uh, new novel coming out called Flu coming up soon. Give him a little plug there. It's very cool. He the does previous one was Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Great stuff. You can find it all over the place, and uh, I definitely recommend it. But I had a great time, and it's good to be back. And uh, I was falling. It, it sure was weird. Uh, you know, I was able to tune in over there. And uh, check shows out and hear about things that were going on, heard about Sam and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, here I am in my hotel room in Brighton, England, and I have totally clear audio listening to you guys checking out my emails. Just it was it was like I was only five feet away. It was it was great. Really, really great. It's a connected world. It does make the world a lot smaller. Oh, darn right, man. And recording things and being able to post them from there. Just just awesome. Portable digital recorders and doing all sorts of neat stories about geolibertarianism and so thanks to Ziggy and all you know Wayne and everybody great great stuff and thanks for having me back guys always glad to have you here garden fact hey. coming up tonight uh, if we get a chance the United Kingdom is where we'll be talking about where mm. the police have been entering people's homes and doing naughty things we'll uh, we'll explain exactly what they've been up to here but I actually want to continue something. And, Guard, you're going to tell us about unpaid internships. I guess the feds are going after them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the details are. You'll fill me in. Yeah. Uh, but first, Mark, I want to complete what we started last week. Uh, on Friday night, you had a topic from Cracked.com. It was six things that men do in an attempt to uh, engage in sexual relations with women that actually, in point of fact, turn off the women. According to science. Right. We've gotten through three of the six. So anybody that missed the first three, head back to Friday and you can grab it there. I think we did it the third hour of the show there. But uh, let's let's uh, pick up at number three. Number three. We're going backwards. Yeah. And these are things that you, according to this article, shouldn't do. Now, I think that there's uh, there's room. But anyway, you got to listen to the article. Number three, complimenting your looks. You've got it this time after a night of chatting up ladies and acting disinterested and dancing like a seizure victim. A gorgeous woman, for some reason, comes up and talks to you. Amazingly, you're holding it together and all signs are pointing to the two of you bumping uglies at the end of the night. In an effort to seal the deal, you compliment her on how, how attractive she is. Moments later, she's scurrying off while you uh, while the drink you bought her to with the drink you bought her to rejoin her friends and make jokes at the expense of you and your Ed Hardy T-shirt. I have to throw down a flag right there immediately. First of all, they're not being specific enough. Second of all, <laughs> uh, I run into humongous problems because I just have a tendency to notice women's hairstyles, jewelry, makeup, their co- color coordination. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of women who, and, and what happens is, if you if you do it in a certain way, if you do it right off the bat, like oh wow, hey, nice earrings, or hey, nice top, you know, whatever, and then you pull back, they tend to want more. If you continue to lay it on them, then you look desperate. 
I see. So in if you're just in if you're just saying it in passing conversation the way I do sometimes I mean literally I've had a boss that you know you can't do that because the women think you're hitting on them and I've gotten email addresses and phone numbers and it's kind of a, not a good a good thing because you don't intend to follow up on it. it right so so I think that 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 particular point uh, is a matter of degree. And if guys want to do something which I'm not intending to do, then they ought to do what is sort of a low-key thing. Notice one thing, very low-key, compliment, and then move on like you're a very confident guy. And that was just nothing special. I think confidence is is important. And, you know, I I think that it it, it is an issue of degrees. And I think that I like this article for the reason that that it points out the degrees in the other direction. Because you're always sort of told to compliment people, girls' looks and things like that. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Well, apparently it doesn't work every time. So, So what... The heck happened? What does work every time? Nothing. Shocking. Why? Why would you want every something that worked every time? You know, I mean, that's just an issue of uh, racking up numbers and scoring, and that's not what the other person generally is all about. Good if point. that's what they're about, right then on. you know, maybe maybe things will work out for you. But um, you know, usually, it's my experience that uh, that healthy, insane women are generally <laughs> looking for a relationship. It's just a generality, <laughs> right? Like I'm just painting with a broad brush here. Yeah. Okay. Shockingly, women really do want you to care about more than their great rack. In a study by uh, one of the uh, leading dating sites on the web, they found that telling a woman she is attractive actually made her more likely to reject you. Also making her more likely to reject you, the collection of Pokemon cards that you refuse to dispose of because they'll (laughs) make you rich someday. But we digress. Words like sexy, beautiful, and hot made a woman much less likely than average to respond to your initial overtures. Meanwhile, attempting to show interest in her by mentioning some of her pastimes, favorite things, etc. resulted in a much higher than average response. Keep that in mind if you ever get a chance to chat up Megan Fox. Don't tell her she's gorgeous. Talk about all the other things that she's uh, into, like bad acting, terrible tattoos, and not wearing (laughs) a lot of clothes. She'll be yours in no time. <laughs> I I'm think, not sure who this girl is, but it doesn't look too far from the truth. And, and I think it depends on what you're using to break the ice. You know, there are a lot of different ways that you can break the ice in a natural way. And then once you get off it and you get into regular conversation, as you say, the sane, normal woman with whom you'd like to have a relationship will respond to sane, normal and interesting and witty conversation. Uh, most of the guys I know who are very successful with women are really witty guys. They're very, very quick. Well, I think that... Uh... I think that there's uh, divergent uh, uh, desires here. and, I, and I'm This speaking, article is not written about relationships, is it? No, this article is about nah, picking up women. Nah. And I'd say that the, vast major- that the vast majority of guys, or at least speaking for myself, I, at one point in my life, really did like the idea of picking up women, as many as I possibly could, <laughs> yeah. as long as they reached a certain uh, you know, attractiveness <laughs> threshold. And uh, I can't say that I you know, was world famous, world, uh, world star at that or anything, but uh, you know, it's, it, I harbored the desire. And um, whereas I think that as, you know, it's a divergent goal of men and women to some extent, not entirely, um, to, you know, as as far as who wants a relationship and who just wants a one night stand. Yeah. Yeah. Number two thing not to do. Being nice. What more can women want from you? You feign interest in attending the Real Housewives of Orange County uh, viewing parties, listen to their drama with the... uh, (laughs) jerk ex-boyfriends, help them get home free of the risk of date rape, and when they're really drunk, and even stop by with uh, painkillers to help them with their hangover the next morning. There is literally nothing you could do to be nicer to them, and you're still just a friend, a great guy, and therefore completely rejected. What happened? We really hate to say it, but women are scientifically proven to like bad boys. Apparently, there is something called the dark triad. 
dibs on the brand name um, of uh, personal personality traits that ex- that still exist and even flourish in humans despite the fact that evolutionary they are bad for continuation of the species. They continue. Um, they include exploitation, thrill-seeking, callous behavior, and self-obsession. That was four things. Uh, there's a there's a slash mark there between thrill-seeking and callous behavior. I see. Um, since people like this are jerks, science dictates that they should have been bred out of the gene pool a long time ago. Of course, they haven't. And it's because the ladies love bad boys. Scientists have found that the higher a man scores on the dark triad... Seriously, the name is uh, is the crap, <laughs> he says. Scale, scale, the more uh, sex partners he had had and the more likely he was to be looking for short-term flings. Basically, while they won't make uh, long-term relationship, good long-term relationship partners, for thousands of years, women have been engaging in one-night stands with bad boys, getting knocked up and pro- prolonging not only the suffering of uh, man, but also the right, use of... Right, because then the bad boy is the father. Yeah. X, body spray. <laughs> mm. You hear, ladies, the uh, self-centered, destructive jerks of the world are your fault, and try using some self-control for once in your life, or at least a condom. (laughs) Apparently, this guy's a little bitter. Sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. So, number one, having the wrong name, Ian. So far, nothing has worked. Ian's a good name. So far as nothing's worked, and I I, I beg to differ. Let me, uh, we'll go on about having bad names and what you can do about it. All right. (laughs) More coming up here at 800-259-9231. I have no objection to my name. And if uh, that's what turns a woman (laughs) off, that's not the kind of woman I'm looking for. This is good. By the way, I'm not looking for one-night stands anyway, so this article is not really applicable to me. More coming up. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves, especially the ladies. We'd love to hear from you. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. You can listen in via our live streams, broadband, or dial-up flavors, our webcam, or listen lines, which allow you to listen in via any phone that can dial long distance. Over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll get all the details... And where you can tune in for free. Listen.freetalklive.com. And we do uh, here on Free Talk Live a great deal of our show prep by going to freedomsphoenix.com. And you can find out the news of of a liberty mindset by going there at freedomsphoenix.com. They have a uh, daily dispatch that uh, gets sent right to your email box. I read it every day. I recommend it. Freedomsphoenix.com. All right. 800-259-9231. So we're talking about... Well, it's not really relationships that we're talking about here, Mark. You've got a, a, a story from Crack.com that's really just about men attempting to score with women uh, and how some of the approaches that they very frequently make are working in many ways against them in, in their goals. So that's what we've been talking about here uh, tonight. You're, you've We've gone through six over time. And could you just recap the six real quick that uh, that we've hit over the last few nights? Well, I can do um, since they're on separate pages here on this email. There, I can do the first two, uh, the, 
a couple a couple of them very easily. Number two is being nice. Number three is saying don't be nice. Yeah, don't be nice. Don't compliment her looks. Um, let me quick uh, flash over to the other one here. See that I, I I've never been this guy. I mean, Mark, you say that you've been this guy. I like been this guy. You know, What's that mean? You, well, you've you've actively worked. Uh, it's been it was a goal in your life at one point. It is no longer. You have a wife and uh, and a son now. But uh, at one point in your life, it was a goal to uh, to make it with as many women as you possibly could. Um, it's, as long as they're of a certain uh, of caliber, certainly. You were uh, answering your genetic prerogative. Insert uh, understood. Now these, but in order to to not be nice. Like, well, I am a this, good guy. This, I'm not going to be mean to somebody. This it's article, just not who I am. Thing, this know? article is from Cracked, and you have to – it's it's not about the, the list, okay? The, the the going over the list really doesn't help you. You have to read it to understand what they're saying. And this isn't an article about how to, to, to pick up women, really. It's more of an article about sort of evolutionary imperative at, uh, between the sexes and how it works. Mm. And that, to me, that's why it's interesting. So, okay. number six is uh, talking to her. Shouldn't do that. Apparently, obviously. I mean, yeah, there's a there's a line to, to right, walk. And here. as we pointed out, that's the one that I certainly agree with. Uh, it's listening that's more important than talking in any relationship. Number five is acting interested. Shouldn't act interested. Apparently, uh, somewhat aloof. We're talking about kind of like bar situations, right? I yeah, guess that's that's yeah. the impression I'm getting here. Dancing um, under no circumstances should a uh, a man who uh, wishes to pick up women dance, uh, unless they're very very good at. Yeah, it. you got to be good. Yeah. And then and then what happens is they may they feel nervous. With you because you're better than they are, and mm. you're, you're showing off, and people people watch you dancing. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't have any advice on how, what to do if you can dance because I've you, never been able to. Yeah, do that you definitely yet. have to know how to lead if you're going to do that. Okay, so number one. Um, Wait, we've been through three of the recap. You, no, I I read read them all. Okay, I'm sorry. It wasn't I guess I didn't count them correctly. Anyway, go ahead. Number one was what? Having the wrong name. So far, nothing's worked, and the girl that you've been putting the moves on up and um, moves on up and started dating uh, someone who can uh, only be described as Jersey Shore-like. <laughs> Desperate, you attend a singles mixer, one of those things. That's where, a pop culture reference I yes. don't get. It's an MT- <laughs> it's, dumb MTV show. These it's hilarious. Knuckleheads from Jersey Shore. <laughs> one of those things where everyone has to wear a geeky name tag and guys try to look successful, but laid back by wearing both a tie and jeans. And I, I I don't know whether that uh, that that fashion's gone out or not, but it seems like it's pretty close. <laughs> Everyone here has uh, is looking for a date. There is no way you can strike out. Yet every woman you approach smiles, then glances at your name tag, and suddenly turns away. You haven't even said anything yet. <laughs> what could you possibly have done to turn her off this time? Your name's Bobby. You could probably blame your parents for this one. Apparently, your first name can drastically influence how successful you are and, yes, how attractive people consider you. Hmm. According to a study of 6,000 people, men named Michael, James, David are the clear winners, with all three placing the top ten most successful, luckiest, and, yes, most attractive names. George, Paul, on the other hand, well... Just resign yourselves to a life of minimum wage jobs, accidents, and loneliness, unless you're a (laughs) beetle, apparently. Hmm. Your best bet is to go for women named Anne, who suffer from the uh, same horrible affliction as you do, ugly, ugly name-itis. The uh, scientists are totally serious. One even wrote a book that includes a section helping you to change your name, um, as an ad- uh, your name as an adult order to reverse the misfortune the parents unknowingly saddled you with. So all the Georges out there, simply start answering to Ryan, and the ladies will come flocking. There you go. That's from right. crack.com. We go to Sir Real calling from every nightclub. You're on Free Talk hey. Live. Guys, I'm so glad you're talking about this still. And I wanted to set something straight, Ian especially. 
Now, I am a pickup artist. I have become one, and I'm becoming better at it all the time. <laughs> and I think, first of all, the number one thing that will improve the liberty movement <laughs> is if you force the men there to go through pickup artist boot camps because right on. nothing attracts people like fun men, and nothing attracts good-looking women like fun men. So and then nothing will attract more fun men than good-looking women, and it'll just keep on in a great perpetual cycle, right? Exactly, and you want to have, you want to add value to women. That's what the pickup artist community does. Add value. So, hey, add value to women. What does that mean? I'll tell you. What it means is not being a douchebag and a big wussy and uh, being a real man, but also it means having fun, and so many men are nervous and scared and intimidated by women they're attracted to. So I want to go over one of those points that, Ian, you were confused by. Don't be nice. That can be misconstrued and is not the actual advice that we give each other in our community here. What we're saying is, tease them like your bratty little sister. Have fun with them. These are the things that a-holes and jerk-offs do, but they are also a-holes and jerk-offs, that they understand the value of teasing a woman with a smile on your face. Not saying you're fat, but saying, you know, you're just not my type. And then smile, because you're obviously your type. You understand what the difference is? Yeah, they're, they're, they're a lot so of ways. So lie. Yeah. You're, you're talking about no. lying. Have fun. Cheese. For example, I was at a club Well, Saturday saying you're night. not my type, and if she is your type, that would be a lie. <laughs> oh, the, I think that the point is whether okay. or not the subtext is, is still there. Gardner is right, because women don't communicate directly like right. men do, unfortunately. Right. And Ian doesn't communicate with, with subtext, period. Yeah. Like, just doesn't do it. <laughs> Let's see. That's how women talk to each other, yeah. and they live in two worlds. Yeah. They can talk yeah. to men, but they can also talk to each other. Yeah. So See, it's, you, in fact, if you listen to girls talk, they will say, oh, my God, I am so ugly. They don't mean that. What they're saying is, look at me. Look how gorgeous I am. Compliment me. Compliment me. That's that's exactly right. And so it's up to you to play the game your way to be the one in control of the situation. I've sort of organically picked up on these things uh, in conversations with ladies, and I don't. I very rarely utilize these sorts of things. But this is exactly how you do it. And there are books right. and, and all sorts of things. They had a TV show. What's that book? What is it? The the player or something like that? It's called the game. The by game. Neil Strauss, yeah, the game. Amazing. Yeah, it, and the they're guy absolutely. The fuzzy hat. The name is mystery. I tell you what, it's so real. Do you want to hang on and, and give us uh, more of your thoughts on this? Absolutely, right. because it's going to be great. More. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, more with Surreal. I don't know how to tell Surreal sort of in a teasingly fashion. He's a jerk. No, he's just You teasing. can take control of the airwaves. We'd love to hear some ladies if, we get the, <laughs> if you get the chance dial in. Free talk live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI, toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on this site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. If you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing new Internet listeners on board with the program. Got a, a new radio station, our very first in Wisconsin. Uh, gave me a verbal agreement today. Hopefully we'll get the uh, signed agreement in soon. But all of this is made possible by listeners like you. At amp.freetalklive.com, you get perks too. Get amp, uh, the amp-only phone lines. Uh, you get the amp-only forum Amp-only podcast, which is minus the usual podcast commercials that you hear. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as three bucks a month. As we continue, Surreal is back with us. Awesome. And you dropped off the line there for a moment, Surreal. Everything okay where you are? You know, even though Surreal is in every nightclub, he's also in a very remote part of the state. Ah, Surreal. We figured it was uh, some girl calling in. No. Do I sound like a girl? Yeah, well, no, no, we, no we figured no, we, somebody called you and they had to take the call, but then somebody said, no, oh, no, Surreal, right. wouldn't, Surreal wouldn't take the call. He'd get back to her later. You got that right, guard, my man. My brother. <laughs> because, of course, a, a pickup artist is always busy. <laughs> and by that, I mean he has an exciting, fun life full of sports and friends and work and his passions. And, and if the a girl woman, wants, yes, she wants to be she in wants there. to come along for the ride. Yeah. Right so, on. Surreal, you said that you're in uh, the state. Does that mean you're in New Hampshire, or are you elsewhere? No, I am in a state that I would choose not to reveal at this time. I see. <laughs> Very smart. So, Very smart. Uh, by the way, let's go to the next step here. So, do you understand the idea of teasing is not being a jerk, not being an a-hole. It's being fun and, and, and clever and subcommunicating your sexual interests, just like she does, because she and all of her kindred have taught each other how to play the game they define the rules we are just learning how to decipher and have cracked the code now where did you get all this from uh surreal you mentioned some book earlier is that what you are uh, most relying on is there something in particular you would recommend to people out there i would recommend to begin with the book the game however there is a huge community and many commercial pickup gurus who will take your money i bet self-study is can uh, go a long way. However, not, never take advice from another woman about how to attract a woman. Now, um, it is as far as uh, this self-study goes, does that mean going to bars and spending lots of money on, on alcohol? No. Pickup artists never buy women drinks. Oh, I meant pick-up for themselves. Artists I mean... <laughs> are bought drinks by women, and pickup artists don't drink because they need to be in control and and women like men who are grounded and in control of themselves, unlike the drunk frat boys who think they're being attractive. So right. And and uh, one of the things that I, I've noted is when you have women who are in a group or pairs, uh, it's the step-back approach, it seems, where you give a little bit of attention, but then you divert it and start talking to the other girl so that the girl you're really interested in is feeling like, well, I'm not getting the attention that I want, and she feels in competition with the other girl. Is that another observation that you have made as well? That can be the case, yes. That is a little more advanced, but we cut through all that BS. You find your target, and 
the secret is one of the ad- advice was don't talk, and that is true. But it's different. You can talk about anything. You can talk about economics and F.A. Hayek, of course. But as long as you're touching her while you're talking, you are conveying and subcommunicating sexual interests. Mm. And these touches can be subtle. They can be platonic at first, in fact. A tap on the shoulder. When she, she says something you like, you give her a hug, and that's the excuse. Oh, you're so cool, and you give her a hug. And now you're touching her in a sexual way. You know, I've always found hugs to be kind of creepy. Uh, you know, like the, the, the guy soliciting the hug just always seems creepy to me somehow or another. I don't know. Maybe it's me and, and my thing about touching people. Maybe you're being hugged by too many guys. I, I, I have no problem with hugs from guys. <laughs> Women will reject hugs from creepy guys, but if you're close enough and you, you do tests one step at a time, you touch her shoulder in a platonic way. If she doesn't back away, you know you can put your arm on her waist. If she doesn't do anything and she's smiling and is engaged and you're talking about uh, Chicago versus Austrian economics and she's still there, then you can give her a <laughs> hug when she says, yes, I like the free market too. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter as long as you're escalating. And this happens so fast. It's amazing. And that's what guys are often unprepared for. So what now? Where is all this going, Sir Real? Because uh, I mean, are you? Do you have? Are you a, a person who is at all interested in a long-term relationship? Because it seems like most of what we're talking about here is picking up a woman. Uh, the intention of the cracked article was more for just a, a very short-term, you know, one-night stand kind of situation. Is what it sounded like. Uh, what, does all this lead down that that road for you, or are you just not interested in 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 a relationship, anything long-term? I am very interested in a long-term relationship with a sexy woman. However, I, for the longest time, believed myself to be unworthy and only chose poor choices thinking I had no other options. So for me, this is a way of exploring my options, realizing I am the prize and that um, I will choose the woman who I will be with. Before I thought only they would choose me. No, no, I will choose them. So I date many if I can. Perhaps I'm having sex with some or just one or several. But it's a way for me to decide who do I want to spend more of my time with and give my life more fully to. So so what is your longest relationship that uh, that you've, you've been involved in? Well, understand I'm a relatively new craftsman of the art of pickup. Mm-hmm. So my old AFC days, that's average frustrated chump, <laughs> I would say... The longest was three years or so. Three years or so. With a woman I was not attracted to, mm. but I felt I had no other options as I was aging. But the sexiest man in the world, George Clooney, is 50 years old. How old are you, may we ask? I am 43. 43. And a silver fox. A silver, meaning you're gray, your hair is going gray? Going gray, and I'm built and buff. Gotcha. Because it's a lifestyle. It's not just... Where do you where do you go? You mentioned that you don't drink, uh, that uh, that's just not something that you do. But yet women will offer to purchase you drinks. Uh, is is your hunting grounds, if you will, uh, the bars of America, the the nightclubs, as you mentioned, or do you have other places you prefer to go to uh, to meet women? Um, the bars of America are the great places to practice how to be social and friendly and interactive and learn to banter with women in ways they are attracted to. Um, I prefer, and I actually have more luck online and in supermarkets because women are sexual creatures more so than men. 
They have better orgasms, longer orgasms, and multiple orgasms. They need a man who is safe and can help them with their fantasy of being submitted and to submit to a man who is dominant. They all have this fantasy. and a pick well, of art I don't know if they all have that fantasy. Oh, I mean, couldn't yeah. you acknowledge that uh, women are different in their, uh, their desires, as men can also Absolutely. be different? They can, absolutely, but but on a whole, generally, and I am generalizing, okay. and that's okay to do. Women dream of uh, being dominated by men sexually. That's what, if you read romance novels, oh, yeah. they're women writing yeah. for women. The he main lead character takes her. He is successful. He is passionate about his career, even if it's something stupid, as long as he's passionate about it. Like but he, he is, yeah. Whatever it is, he is, a, he is a man who knows his passion, knows himself, and takes women, not violently, but she is overwhelmed by his sexuality and willingly gives hers. Very so, good. I'm out of questions. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'd love to dispute this and, <laughs> and uh, fillet uh, a surreal, but I can't come up with anything that you know, I can really dispute with what he has to say. I would love to hear from some lady listeners, but for whatever reason, they're not coming out tonight. Thanks for the call, Sir Real. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Ladies, if you're out there, what do you think about this guy? Is Sir Real full of it? Uh, is he on to something? Uh, will you tell us if he is? 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Do you need a new computer, but don't seem to have the money to buy one? Is your credit stopping you from buying the newest computers that you need today? Then My Computer Club is your answer to buy that new computer or laptop now and pay for it later. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. And those include our webcam, our bulletin board system, archives, and more. The website itself has been redesigned for 2010. The FTL 2.0 site which allows you to actually influence and control the content of the front page of the website. And to some extent, the, uh, the show itself. To some extent, because when you submit a story, a, a news story or a, a blog post or video or something that you might find interesting and you think that others would find interesting, you submit that to the Free Talk Live website at freetalklive.com. It goes up into the upcoming stories queue. People look at those and they vote on the ones that they like and they downvote the ones they don't like. And whichever, uh, whichever items get the most votes end up on the front page of our website. And if it ends up on the front page of the site, odds are fairly good that we might actually use it on the air. So great way to get stuff in front of us uh, for this show. Go to freetalklive.com, and it's a great way to just kind of plug into the Liberty community and what people are interested in, in discussing and reading and sharing at freetalklive.com. We continue here with your phone calls. You're welcome to bring up absolutely anything. So we can, uh, we go to the phones and the fun. Nick is in Kentucky on the amp lines. Hello, Nick. 
What's up? How you doing? What's on your mind, Nick? Yeah. Well, I am. Uh, just found out last week I am going to be a daddy for the first time. Congrats! Congratulations. Thank, thank you. And uh, I am one of these guys who uh, I'm on the completely on the side of liberty and freedom, and uh, I could care less about the government, whether it be fate, uh, federal, state, you name it. I I wish they would all go away. Mm. Um, however, I have been indoctrinated so long that uh, <laughs> at, uh, I'm a little worried about. You know the force issue, and what I wanted to ask you get basically a suggestion about um, when my kid's born. You know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want my kid to have a social security number, or you know, shoot, if I could get away with just keeping them completely off grid, I would do that. But uh, you know, it is a little unnerving because, of course, my parents and everyone else is like, oh, you have to have the social security number, you'll have to have this, you'll have to have, you know, your vaccinations, you'll have to have this, and I'm like, no, I don't even. My wife doesn't even want to have the kid. You know, in the hospital because of all the. the well, the you don't have to. Hospital, you know, so. Mark did not do that. Mark, uh, your wife had it in a midwife's center. Yeah, it was a birthing center. Birthing mm-hmm. center, which is right, essentially. That's what my wife had said she said something about she wanted to have a uh, you know our baby in a, in a birthing center because she she didn't want to have the, all the doctors you know just to say look you know like even in Louisville um, the cesarean rate is like sixty percent or something like it's really high rate. Um, and it's you know, and it's in her mind that she, you know, it's because they just want to, you know, get it done and get out of there on their time. You know, the baby's going to come when it's going to come. You know, right. kind of thing. If you could imagine what it's like to be a uh, an OBGYN and your 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 schedule is completely dictated by the whims of uh, nature, uh, it's got to be kind of frustrating. Mm. It's got to be a frustrating way to live. And um, I can imagine why it is that they do so many cesarean sections, but I'm not interested in one. Thank you very much. Wasn't it cheaper right. for you, Mark, going to the uh, the midwife or the birthing center? About half as much. Half um, as much. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm insured by Mastercard, um, so you know, it was ten. It was ten grand uh, to have a, a birth in a hospital, and it was five grand at the birthing center. So yeah, it seems like that's the way to go. Uh, not only will you save money, but you'll avoid a lot of the bureaucracy. And uh, it's your option to do the social security thing. I, w- I would like to comment on the social security thing. Is here's what I think is going to happen. I'm just going to put on my thinking cap for a minute. Now, Uh-oh. there's two sides to this argument, right? Like probably, um, like some people would say, well, you're selling your kid for some tax breaks. But there's a significant <laughs> tax break to uh, to you know giving your child a social security number and then claiming them on your taxes if you file these these things. If you don't, then you probably should disagree disregard what I what I say here. But the chances are incredibly high that you're going to have a child that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to raise them until 16. They don't have a Social Security number. You haven't, uh, you know, enterprised on that at that point 16 times two, uh, 30-something thousand dollars that you would have gotten from the government at that point. And then on their 16th birthday, they want to get a job and open a bank account. They're going to go get a Social Security number anyway, and you wasted your time. <laughs> that, uh... That sounds like probably what'll happen. It's a high yeah. likelihood. And and I got to tell you, you know, uh, there are a couple things that I would I would give you a great example if you read F. Paul Wilson's book books about repairman Jack. Uh, Jack is a character with no social security number, and Paul has gone to great lengths to look at the things that Jack can do without a social security number and the things that Jack has a difficult time doing without a social security number. Uh, as, as you know, he's an adult uh, traveling, all the things that that used to be so easy to do are now going to become right. much more difficult. And, of course, uh, the United States government is 
inevitably, unless unless we in the liberty community can do something about it to separate from these jerks uh, and stop them, uh, they are going to impose a national ID card. And uh, I, you know, I. I really feel that those of us who have been foist with one of these social security numbers, I wish I didn't have one. And I, I admire you for, for trying to do that. And I would love to see more people uh, go, going without them, changing their identities, uh, somehow hiding from the government, doing things to get away from these guys. Because uh, there's a great deal of freedom, but of course there there is a bit of a burden, and, and I'm sure you're going to be thinking all about those things. Right, and I, and I have been constantly. And like I said, we, we're also going to do things like we're going to homeschool our kids because, you know, people – People uh, ask me all the time, you know, well, what if what if the, uh, your your kid uh, is taught this at school? And I'm saying, I don't want my kid in school. That's the point, or public mm. schools anyway. So, you know, we're going to try to keep them completely out of the system as much as we can. And uh, anyway, my last little comment I have is about the uh, the whole birthing thing at the at the birth center or not at the hospital is like just a, just a thought, uh, you know, that you've never thought of. Of course, my mom is all old fashioned, and, and she thinks if I don't vaccinate my kid with 100 vaccinations and and don't have you know go to a, with all these doctors and nurses that my kid's gonna die or something yeah and she's freaking out but i i think you know even if you go down um, don't even use the vaccination thing the doctor thing just think about how unnatural it is for a woman to be you know to have a baby with all these tubes and all these gowns and all these people and nurses and you know it's like it's kind of a stressful thing you know if you, if you if you think about it naturally, you know, all these people who had babies, you know, when we didn't have all these things. I mean, people, women have been having babies since the beginning of time. So, Of course, there was a much higher death uh, rate as far as the baby rate. Uh, yeah. We have ambulances and 911. I mean, you can get you can get somebody there, especially if you let them know in advance, hey, this is what's going to be going on. They can be there in moments to, to pick you up and take you to the hospital. So, right, and that's but, the whole point of having a, a midwife or somebody, you know, that, that, that can say, look, something's, something's going wrong. We need to get to the doctor, that kind of thing. Yeah, mm. I, I, I would like to, uh, to, to point out something as far as vaccinations and the health of the child and, and things like that. Now, you're intending to do the home homeschooling thing and that's essentially what we're doing with jack which probably includes uh um, daycare you know your, your wife gonna stay home or somebody's gonna stay home one of the two of you is gonna stay home and take care of them initially too before they're five years old and would go off to school and jack's never had vaccination my son has never had uh, a vaccination of any sort he's been to the doctor one time because like your grandparents ours were freaking out i mean they were <laughs> like, stick stuck to the ceiling my god you haven't taken that child to the doctor he's gonna die the doctor did nothing because we wouldn't let him let her do anything essentially and she said this child's fine and, and sent him home and, and he hasn't been to the doctor since but he's only been sick once and that was a cold that i brought in mm. it's the modern way of taking care of children i mean and the euphemism is the kids get sick that's what you hear kids just get sick they're sick all the time they got runny noses well that's because that we we house them with other kids we we, we stick them in these little right. collectives and we do something that's entirely unnatural with our children and that's what makes them sick not these uh, you know, you know that, that's the biggest problem Yep. All right. Well, uh, thanks for letting me uh, make the call. Hey, thank you, Stephen. Appreciate hearing from you. Good luck out there. 800-259-9231. We go to, excuse me, that wasn't Stephen. That was Nick. Now we go to Stephen in Florida. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Stephen in Florida. Going once. Stephen in Florida going twice. 800-259-9231. So, Gardner. Hey, my friend. What's happening? the internship story. You've got something that uh, bringing they're bringing the feds in to deal with unpaid interns. Yeah, What's states going and on? feds. Uh, well, it's actually uh, of all things, it's from the New York Times, and uh, uh, of course, the New York Times takes a, a much 
darker view of these terrible unpaid internships. Uh, it's a guy named Stephen Greenhouse, and essentially what uh, what they're saying is that uh, with the thirst for um, money from the states and the desire to regulate them further, at least this is what I'm getting at, the desire to regulate people further, um, unpaid internships are starting to be looked at. And the labor laws are are being checked over. Uh, This guy Greenhouse writes, with job openings scarce for young people, the number of unpaid internships has climbed in recent years, leading federal and state regulators to worry that more employers are illegally using such internships for free labor. They're being taken advantage of. (laughs) We will get back into this and get into the details here in moments. Our number two is on the way. I was an intern once. And I'll talk about that. I don't know if either of you have been interns in yeah. your lives, but uh, we will get to that here. 800-259-9231. It sounds like they uh, want to get rid of the intern. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves as we continue here into hour number two of the program. 800-259-9231. Coming up, the UK cops are up to some shenanigans. We will explain what they've been up to. Involves breaking into your home. 800-259-9231. Coming up, also, uh, we got to continue this internship story that Gardner Goldsmith has for us. The federal government and state governments are investigating the idea that there could possibly be people especially young people in this country working for nothing for zero pay an unpaid internship which i went through when i was uh, coming up in my radio years we'll talk about that uh in continuing here in a moment but first i want to go to steven i believe he's actually with us this time steven in florida you're on free talk live Hello. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the stupidity and the futility of partisanship. And uh, I, I was listening to my local NPR station here today in Florida. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, the subject—I guess the subject was partisanship. I didn't catch it from the beginning, but it quickly degenerated into a bunch of Democrats calling in to say how stupid and unpatriotic and idiotic the Tea Party people were. Mm. And of course, their definition of Tea Party person was anybody who wasn't a Democrat. Well, so now, I, just I before before you go on, just kind of go a quick ahead, observation. This never struck me before, but how is this any different? The Democrats calling the Tea Party people uh, unpatriotic, etc. Bigots is usually what they say. Bigots. Yeah. Uh, but but just focusing on the unpatriotic part, 
How different is that from what the Republicans would have called people at a peace march uh, during the Bush administration? The people who, for whatever reason, are no longer in favor of peace, uh, but were back then. Uh, Some of them are still, but many of them have uh, decided to give Obama some time. It's okay that he's he's killing brown people because he's taking steps to leave the Middle East. He's a centrist killer. It's an easy refuge of – I think it's an easy refuge of simpletons who who don't want to argue on either an intellectual or moral fashion to claim that you are unpatriotic because you don't fit in with whatever the majority seems to be shooting for at that time. So if it's a war, so-called, or if it's uh, health care, so-called – any of these things right. well the, the protesters are the unpatriotic ones. yeah absolutely oh you're right. you're bad you you stand out like a sore thumb you're obviously as they would have said in the prisoner you are not part of the community you are being antisocial. so it doesn't yeah. seem to be any different to me what's going on now is what was going right. on well, t- uh, 10 years ago but go, go ahead okay and that that exactly was my point except for I, I took a slightly different approach than you ian i i i called in actually and i was i but I never got on the air because there was just too many people online ahead of me. And by the way, their call screening was about the same as yours. They just asked what my uh, what my topic was, so that was kind of interesting, a little bit different. But uh, I, what I was going to say was that I'm not a liberal. I was going to say mention that I was not a liberal and not a, a Democrat, and just kind of let them guess as to what I was. And I was going to mention that uh, actually, in my lifetime, my short lifetime here, the best president of my lifetime probably was or one of the best presidents i was going to make sure to carefully word it one of the best presidents was probably jimmy carter you know and kind of throw a little wrench into the thing to where anybody who's not a, not a democrat obviously hates that but i was going to make sure to mention the fact that choosing my favorite president is sort of like looking in my neighbor's yard and choosing my favorite dog turd yes um and uh but while i was on hold i didn't get a chance to say this it was unfortunate but while i was on hold this guy called in he was just aghast and, and beside himself that these Republicans were out here, these Tea Party people were out here, and they're against the government. And he said, why, we had eight years of Bush, and even though we disagreed with him, we respected him. And I thought, <laughs> dude, I mean, come on. Okay, maybe personally he did, but he cannot say that of the entire left. And all you have to do, and I did this actually, all you have to do is get on YouTube and look for any videos of any rallies or demonstrations or protests that date back two years, yeah. you know, two years ago or more. And you can see, I mean, there's pictures of Bush with Hitler and, sure. you know, the, the foulest language you could ever imagine. And, you know, they compared him to Hitler and saying that they're fascists and they should all be killed, uh, suggesting that there should be a revolution in the streets and so forth. But yet, not the Democrats are in charge. Suddenly, if a Republican, I'm not a Republican, keep in mind, but uh, suddenly if a Republican says anything like that, or a Tea Party person, or a voluntarist, or an anarchist says anything like that, Suddenly, that's beyond the pale. How dare we say anything like this? Yeah, I'd say that guy was uh, doing a, uh, quite a bit of history revisionism there, especially when he was speaking on behalf of all uh, Democrats. Well, we respected him. Yeah, I, exactly. No political side uh, typically politi- uh, respects the other side. There's always name-calling, especially yep. on talk radio shows. There's always making fun of the other side. And, and, it's yep. just- and people will call in and say things like this. So you, may, you, you may disagree with, they, with what they... The, the president has to say, but you must respect him. He is our commander in chief, and they'll say right. things like that. And I don't know whether these people are lockstep, goose step, um, you know, uh, execution lever pulling nut jobs that actually would do what they say, which is, well, you, you've got to respect the man. You you might disagree with him, but shut up and sit down. Or they just want somebody. They just want you to shut up and sit down. Yep. And this is the best right. thing they can come up with is that you're a bad person for disagreeing with my particular and, favorite. And you candidate. know, one of the things that particularly bothers me is, and this this actually goes to the 
uh, most recent podcast that I produced, uh, I was in Heathrow Airport and I sat down next to this guy who had a U.S. passport and he had the U.S. Constitution inside it. I'm getting ready to fly back to the United States. And I said, oh, I noticed you had the Constitution in there. It's interesting how they keep trying to find loopholes to do things they want rather than amend it. And so we got in a conversation. At first, he sounded very friendly to to the ideas of, you know, actually abiding by the rules, at least as the politicians promise. I didn't even get into the idea that the Constitution is is insufficient to protect liberty and uh, markets are what you rely on. But it turned out he was in favor of the health care thing. So I started oh, to yeah. ask him. Yeah. You know, and so I started to ask him some some questions and I decided I'd press him a little bit harder intellectually just to really mm-hmm. question him. So I got to the moral question at the end, which was, if if I just want to be left alone, would you force me to conform? And he danced. He tried to dance around it. So I stuck to the issue. And I said, no, seriously, you think this is a great idea. I've offered you all of my constitutional arguments, economic arguments, but you still seem to be in favor of this. Would you employ force to make me do this? And he said he got upset. He said, yes, yes, I would. And he was a naturalized citizen. I don't know where he came from, um, but uh, I'm so glad that he's here now to negate any votes that uh, you know even mild freedom lovers have. But in the end, I, I started to ask him some more questions, and he says – I said, so if I just want to be left alone, you'll coerce me. He says to me, "I you're righteous about this. You're religious about this. Leave me alone. I just want you to leave me alone. So he says yeah. to me, leave me alone, and he's the one who's initiating force. They look right. at us as the ones who are attackers. They portray yes. those of us who want to be left alone as the vicious ones. Yeah. And, and I, I have gotten I have gotten three uh, in the same gentle pushing way. You know, not not trying to be bullying or or trying to uh, you know uh, down on people or insult them or anything like that, but just in a gentle pushing way, like you just described. I have gotten three. Uh, partisan Democrats uh, in the last probably eight months or so to admit that, yes, they are willing to use force. Yes, mm. taxation is theft, but guess what? We have to do it. Yeah. yeah so and, I, I've just flattened out and gotten them to admit it. I think that that's, that's good. I think that that's the best thing you can do in that circumstance is to very, at the very least say, yes, we need a government to steal from people and kill people that we don't agree with. And once you can do that, then um, you, you know, that that begins to work on their brain because mm-hmm. they've you know they, they they've at that point endorsed what it takes to you know do whatever do whatever anybody they've, any dictator might want. Well, they've acknowledged the gun in the room and they've grabbed for it. They've uh, they've exactly. happily g- right. grabbed hold of it. But the amazing then, thing, well, I was just going to say the amazing thing ahead. is that they they put up all these fantasies. They build these fantasies up, these fictions that say that say that since you don't accept the warm and fuzzy notion that we're all part of a giant community and we yeah. all love one another in other words i'm going to impose my love on you i will force you to extend yourself to others that i tell you you will extend to uh, if you resist that, your resistance means that you're anti-social, anti-communitarian, mm. and and you're evil. And and it's right. this is one of the biggest hurdles we have to overcome. Well, the idea that uh, that love in any way involves aggressive force—it's force crazy, Chris. Absolutely right. And 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 then I mean we we digressed a little bit, uh, but we started out or I started out rather talking about partisan politics, and I had totally abandoned partisan politics in 1994, 1995, there about. And I'm so glad of it. And I think maybe that might be the first hurdle, and then the second hurdle would be, would be what Gard is talking about. Thank now. you, Stephen, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you and the discussion at 800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If they claim to be for peace, find out for sure. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free website itself is all free for you. Go to freetalklive.com, create a login. That'll get you access to both the bulletin board system and the main site. The main site allows you to basically submit any kind of uh, story idea that you want to. Uh, You can submit news stories or blog posts or whatever. And our other listeners will vote them up and vote them down, and the best stories will make it to the front page of the site. It's free. You can go to freetalklive.com, and you can check out the Low Country Liberty Report to get more great liberty-oriented content, specifically video content, lclreport.com is the place to go. He's been covering all kinds of uh, liberty-oriented stuff there, though I heard rumor that he's going to shut down the LCL Report and, and move on to other uh, to other projects. Hmm. That's amazing. So this may be the last time we talk about the LCL Report, although his videos, I imagine, will stay up in uh, perpetuity. So you can always go enjoy those at lclreport.com. I know Tara and the guy behind LCL Report is also working with the folks over at Wheels Off Liberty, another great uh, program that uh, is continuing on. They have no plans to stop. In fact, I was talking with uh, with Jamie from the Wheels Off Liberty today about taking them to the next level, taking their show to the next level. What does that mean? I can't say more than that right now. It's uh, it's, it's a great show, and yeah. um, you know what? Those those boys have talent, and they uh, they need to be moving on. I, Absolutely. I agree. So we're, we're we're working on that behind the scenes too uh, to help those guys out. And of course, Gardner Goldsmith is with us tonight uh, from LibertyConspiracy.com, another yeah. great liberty-oriented website with audio content We even got to go international last week. That was amazing. Did you produce so a, pro- cool. uh, a show out there? It was amazing, yeah. We, we sat down, Ziggy sat us down with this guy named Ed Joyce right in downtown London, talked about, had a great 20-minute conversation about this unique aspect of libertarian philosophy that's pretty much unique to England called geolibertarianism. And, what does that uh, mean? Well, it, it stems it, – the podcast is actually fascinating. Uh, it, people are familiar with Muse and Matt Bellamy. They know – they've heard that he's a libertarian, but he's a particular branch of libertarianism called geolibertarianism. And what they uh, – Does that mean earth libertarian? Well, it, it's it's kind of interesting. At first blush, they, you hear the argument that, uh, well, they believe that no one can hold private property, that um, you can't just stake a claim first come, first serve on private property, applying your skills to it. And, and the earth itself, the resource of the earth itself, if you want to call it a resource, there's some debate that I think needs to be applied there, um, because human human action creates resources. It's not the nature itself that is the resource, really. It's the human mind that turns it into something useful. But well, because oil was... Uh, it was sludge. Yeah, it was useless uh, yeah. until somebody figured out... Right. 
It was actually a, right. an annoyance right, for farm right. farm owners. As yeah, I yeah, yeah. And and so, but geolibertarianism is actually very interesting historically. It goes back to a particular act in the 1800s when a lot of private land was taken from people and given over to the dukes and the barons and so on, who were tied to the familial royal line. It was a vestige of feudalism and things like that. And so in England. Um, they want this land brought back to the people, and and it's very difficult to try to sort of figure out who had it. And familiarly, you know, the branches have all split off, so they they don't think that any one individual could own the land in England. It's a very interesting branch of libertarian philosophy. Uh, that uh, basically the outcome of it is that. Um, people can utilize the land, but they would have to pay a certain amount into some sort of communal trust. Uh, so basically they're advocating for the government then. Yeah, that's the problem. That's it, what it, I've it always becomes, heard about them is that they call themselves libertarian, but yet at the same time they're advocating some sort of state. It's it's slightly self-contradictory. Which of course I think really the is the description of a libertarian today is somebody who's advocating a small state. That's what it seems like. So it's it's very interesting to talk to him. I want to talk to Ed a little more because we, we really should do another part to this uh, regarding what is a natural resource, what is not a natural resource. Who decides? Uh, and, and exactly, and who decides. Right, and that's, that's really what it all it? comes down to. Yeah. When, you, when you're distributing these lands and, and making it fair for everybody, who gets to decide? Yeah, who decides yeah. what the payment is that I uh, have to pay into, whatever the amount is? How is, that def- how is that determined? And it, it's an amazing thing to see how, how this has grown because of particular decisions that were made in the British government in the 1800s, this sort of branch of how to deal with what was done to the people. It's, it's very interesting. So that's over at the website. And we, we had a great time, and I recorded all sorts of very interesting things with people, just really, really cool people over there. Really. Neat. So basically there are people that believe that the state should exist, but only to deal with proper matters of property? It seems like it, and I don't even know whether they would call it the state. Uh, I, it not. has to be the state, but uh, in, a in, monopoly organization. It's the uh, way it's going to go, unless, with coercive force. Yeah, unless they can come up with some voluntary arrangement as to how that property would be managed. Mm. If they can do it voluntarily, I wouldn't call it a state. I would call it, you know, voluntary governance. But I don't know. It's, it's very. I think that's what they should do. We, we should do away with the state, and then they can create their own title company. They can figure it out themselves. You know, and and work in the the marketplace to ascertain who owns what i think that works for me all right 800-259-9231 unscreened caller on the amp line you're on free talk live the ink gardener and mark hi this is matt from illinois matt what's on your mind tonight uh tonight um i wanted to talk a little bit about um one of guard's favorite subjects abraham lincoln uh-huh okay hey guard i i i read the real lincoln by yeah. uh thomas DiLorenzo. yeah and I got to say, after reading that book, that I don't think that man should be venerated one iota. In fact, I think he should be villainized. Now the you way know. He treated, yeah. The way he treated people, the way he treated the South, uh, and as far as Mark's argument about attacking Fort Sumter, um, that man tricked exactly. the South into attacking Fort Sumter, just like Roosevelt tricked the Japanese into attacking. How did he do that, Matt? How did he trick them into it? He uh, he was constantly making promises that he was going to to uh, evacuate the fort. Yeah. When when South Carolina um, uh, seceded from the Union, he Mm -hmm. sent false communiques. He sent all sorts of false communiques to set it up that they would fire the first shot. Right. Yeah. Then then what he did was he started to resupply the fort. Right. Rather than evacuating it, and at that point, the the you know the the South Carolina militia just said, "Hey, we've had enough." 
and uh, and so, so but wait a minute. Very, so the well, point of it information was very deceitful. Okay, point of information. So he he lied about evacuating the fort. Instead, did the opposite. Resupplied the fort. Was the fort attacking people from the south? No. Okay, no. so then he they still shouldn't have attacked it. I mean, just because time. so because the politician lied justifies the South attacking the fort. See, this is this is I'm where not, the, I'm not trying to justify right. anything. That's I'm just saying this is what happened. You're right. The Southerners, the the, the militia should not have attacked the fort. Okay, good. That's, That's how true. I feel. And and this okay. is this is why I've moved farther and farther into the sort of the the pacifist camp because when you keep violence as your uh, sort of backup plan, then at some point the backup plan is going to become the main plan. This guy keeps on saying he's going to evacuate the fort. He's not evacuating the fort. He's lying. Now he's resupplying them. I've had it. I'm yeah, sick but, and tired. We're, let's, but, let's shoot. But the key thing here but, is that the South was trying to be autonomous. And by remaining right. there, that was considered a threat by the North. No doubt. And that they were going to still reign over with their hegemony. No doubt. The, and, the North, and also... Yeah, and, and that's that's at, one small part. Time, hello? You're here. Okay. At the time, it could be, it could be argued that the uh, North was embargoing them, and that was an act of war. Too. Right on. It was an act of war. You're absolutely right. And there's so much more that Lincoln did. Absolutely criminal. There are criminal. always oh, excuses. If you want, you can share more with us here in moments. Uh, always excuses to turn to violence. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, you didn't think, the South didn't think there was going to be an embargo. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials, the nutritionally complete drink with 25 essential vitamins and minerals and probiotics to help support your child's healthy growth. Visit us at kidessentials.com. Calling certain foods bad or good doesn't go very far in helping kids understand about balanced diets. Discuss the powers of foods. Carrots are good for your eyes, fish keeps your heart strong, and how they work together to help kids grow, and they'll remember it even better. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features. They are free. And they include our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. But word of warning, it is virtually unmoderated bbs.freetalklive.com you've heard the claims and i'm here to tell you they're true uh your baby can learn to read go see the video at babyreadingkit.com and see a couple of babies that have been exposed to the monkey see monkey do videos and you can get them at uh, babyreadingkit.com i've got these for my son jack and uh i'd I'll recommend them for your child, too. Jack's been watching these videos for over a week now, and I can't say that I know for sure that he's reading, but I can say that he's uh, got a whole new relationship around the words that are in these videos. Um, he's saying them. Uh, he, he'll say them even before the uh, the narrator says them. It could be because the order that they're in, and he's, memor- he's memorized them. But um, it's, it, it's amazing. Go see this video at babyreadingkit.com. All right, we continue here. Matt is on the line with us in Illinois talking about Abraham Lincoln, uh, the the Civil War as well. And uh, you just finished reading a book, The Real Lincoln by Tom DiLorenzo, Matt, and uh, you, you were shocked. Yes. Um, 
this is stuff that that I think that should be taught in in schools. And being from Illinois, uh, it was even more. There was even more of this worship oh. for Lincoln oh, than, than usual. And I remember what they taught me in school about uh, Abraham Lincoln. Let's see. He chopped down a cherry tree with That's, uh, uh, George Washington. Okay, so I don't remember. Anyway, he Nobody was like he heroic and got shot. He was shot. born in a log cabin. And he freed the slaves. He was heroic and and you yeah. know evil people took him out and he was a saint. Right. right. And, he, and he supposedly you know was responsible for freeing the slaves with this war. And yet, before he was elected, while he was campaigning, and even uh, in the year that after he was elected. Before the war started, and, and and in fact, even during the first year or two of the war, he was more or less pro-slavery, saying that he wasn't going to do anything about the slaves in the South. He was just worried about preserving the Union. And uh, what he what he ended up doing, what I've learned from the book, or what I took away from it, is that I believe now that Abraham Lincoln is the reason. We have such an intrusive federal government today. Uh, I would, would. Well, I just wanted to jump in real quick. I would uh, agree with you uh, to the, to a certain extent. I think Abraham Lincoln was the most virulent form of that centrist statist uh, disease, and I think uh, Di Lorenzo's scholarship has been uh, dovetailed with his most recent book, Hamilton's Curse, because uh, the Hamiltonian centrist special favors for mercantilist interests, big business, banker interest sort of thing was carried through, as you know, he mentions it in The Real Lincoln by Henry Clay after Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton wanted the treasury. He's the one who helped convince Washington to march on the on the whiskey rebels and things like that out in Pennsylvania. I mean, he was just a, he was one of the major problems that brought about the constitutional so-called reforms that helped destroy the, the true confederation under the Articles of Confederation. Lincoln followed through from Clay, and he used to talk about how he was in favor of what they called internal improvements, otherwise known as pork. And right. yeah, and he had a lot of friends in northern mercantilist interests. They had imposed huge tariffs against uh, foreign foreign manufacturers who were shipping things down into the South because they wanted the South to have to deal with only the Northern interests. That was a massive, massive problem for the South. And uh, just to mention, you know, before the break, we mentioned how the the uh, North was establishing an embargo. The whole thing about Fort Sumter had to do with the embargo. An embargo is an aggressive act of war. FDR did it against Japan to sucker Japan to try to get in there for some reason because Japan was in a war with China. What, what the hell do we have to do with friggin' China? Nothing. But, I mean, it, he did it. So you get these sorts of acts. They did the same sort of thing I mentioned off the air against Rhode Island when Rhode Island was not going to sign on to the Constitution. They threatened an embargo. It is an aggressive act. So the aggression started with Lincoln. He he used subterfuge to get the, uh, the South to fire because they thought they weren't going to be able to keep their port open. And from that point on, he did other things like supposedly freeing the slaves. He did not free the slaves in the North. Uh, he established an unconstitutional income tax, established an unconstitutional draft, uh, arrested without habeas corpus the representative body of one state just because they were going to remain neutral. Didn't man, he also put people in jail that yes. were uh, d- journalists? Yeah, he, he was newspapermen. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, there were also, he went to arrest a member of the Supreme Court because that member of the Supreme Court was going to note, uh, by the way, only Congress can suspend habeas corpus, Abe. But, you know, evidently he's a big hero to people. Um, I can understand why somebody shot him. 
You know, uh, I, I, I'm right. not going to sit here and say that Abraham Lincoln's a good guy, but I'd like to draw a distinction between two types of embargoes, okay? Um, I think that there's a uh, – there, uh, it, and, and I'm not going to say that any of it's legitimate because of this whole idea of nations, I think, is a fallacious idea that, you know, we can draw lines on maps and say, everybody in this circle belongs to us, and everybody outside this circle is the enemy. And, like, I think that's stupid. Mm. But um, – and dangerous. Let's let's be clear. When the United States threatened an embargo against Japan, actually not threatened, but uh, you know had an embargo against Japan prior to World War One, they uh, World War Two, they embargoed only their products uh, going, and especially it was oil going to Japan. Right. So that's the United States telling its own citizens, you may not trade with. Uh, Japan. Now it's an aggressive act, but it's an aggressive act against its own citizens, which I think is it's, it's an not an act, act of both ways. It's not an act of war in it the is. sense. It's it's, it's look, not the I same. Mean, look, if 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 if, if you are, the United States stopped, say, uh, the Soviet Union, which would be difficult, no, I, uh, from I have to entering you, Japan, you're being very selective. It's your own personal view that just because it was only oil, that that's not as bad. I mean, frankly, it's not you that it's only having, oil. It's that the it's the United States saying you may not have United States oil, and to the understanding of the average can, person, right. right? They got all their oil from the United States. I got it. Right. But the average person says the United States people. Peoples belong to the United States. The people of the United States, the United States people, like they're idiots, okay? And that's how they think. But and so, there. If the United States government says the United States people may not trade with the Japanese people, it seems far more legitimate to the average individual than it does if the United States says that the people of the United Kingdom may not. Uh, that's that's an excellent point, but that's only regarding perceptions. I mean, regarding you know, Perception in my personal is reality. View, well, in my personal view, there there's there's a matter of what is aggressive force and what is. Not and an FDR taking that action was aggressive force not only against Americans but also against the Japanese. I don't think Mark is disagreeing with you that it's yeah, aggressive yeah. force. I, what I'm hearing Mark say is that it's not as bad as it could have been. I mean, rather than cutting off the entire world's supply to Japan, they only cut off the supply of the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So it's yeah. it's a limited amount of aggression as compared to what could be. I mean, they could have put ships around the the country and blown up sure. anybody that tried absolutely. to absolutely uh, right. to come their direction. Yeah. But nonetheless, it, 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 going back to the issue of the the Fort Sumter uh, and them fire the South fire the Southern people firing on the fort, mm-hmm. I still don't think it that uh, that that was justified and. I think well, I don't think it's wise. A justification yeah. isn't the the real issue here because that's, that's about initiation of force, and you know that you can get into a, a murky area. But as, it's as far as wisdom goes, they had not actually been embargoed at that point. They'd just been they'd had it threatened they against. They were scared them. of it, right. and they had only the most of their trading had been done up to that point because of tariffs that existed previously with the North. So it was essentially a threat of their existing supply lines, which is sort of understandable. But let's think about it from a practical standpoint, if the South had decided, you know what, we're not going to fire on any um, northern forts, and a year later, would they have been better off or worse off if they had, uh, or four years later is even a better example, four years later, would they have been better off or worse off if they just decided that we're going to try to do some... I've got an analogy for later. We can come back to the analogy in a moment. I want to get some final thoughts from Matt. Go ahead. Well, um, okay, as as final thoughts... uh, yeah, a couple things. First off, the Fort Sumter thing. I agree that the South shouldn't have, have fired. You should always wait for the other guy to fire the first shot. That's why the, the, the British were able to be so villainized, is because they fired the first shot at uh, protesters in Boston. Boston Massacre. I believe that Lincoln was actually going against 
the European central planners and trying to make a central, uh, centralized government in the United States against the Europeans. I think he had a bigger plan. Uh, not that that justifies But he wasn't able to, to complete it. I thank you for the call tonight. More coming up here, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Free talk line. Do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money to buy one? Is your credit stopping you from buying the newest computers that you need today? Then My Computer Club is your answer to buy that new computer or laptop now and pay for it later. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show... You just need to click and download. They're yours right there on the front page. You can actually go into the podcast, go all the way back to 2009, totally free at freetalklive.com. So if you're looking to uh, make a major purchase here, house, car, that kind of thing, you really need to be thinking about your credit report. If you've got foreclosures, bankruptcies, judgments, liens, collections, late payments, or any kind of derogatory credit on your credit report, the people that you need to call before you start looking at cars and houses, and I know, or cars, and, yeah, cars and houses, it's, I know it's a lot more fun to shop for those than it is to shop for, well, credit repair, but these are the people you need to give a call to first. It's cleaningcredit.com, and they offer a service unlike I've ever heard of before. They will get your credit report cleaned up so that you save Likely, what's likely going to be thousands of dollars um, if you get a if, if it's a major purchase uh, throughout the life of the loan um, by cleaning up your credit and uh, disputing derogatory credit reports on your credit report. Uh, cleaningcredit.com. It is a law firm and uh, the rates are very reasonable. It's like sixty dollars a month, and they're part of the Better Business Bureau, so you're not going to get ripped off. Cleaningcredit.com. All right, we continue with your phone calls over to the UK where Jock is on the line. Jock, you're on the airplane. Hello there. Hi, I hope you can hear me properly. I have to use Skype. I can't afford transatlantic phone calls. Nice. I don't know. Um, good. All right. I, I, I just want to talk, uh, God, I, I listened to your podcast with, with Ed and Ziggy the other day, and I, yes. that, that was the first time that I had heard geolibertarianism talked about as a, as a sort of British specialism, which, I, I mean, I think is ahistoric. I would say that I, geolibertarianism was part of my journey from a liberal democracy to anarchism really and and the thing is it's a it, it's a homegrown american thing i have to tell you it was um it was initiated by a, a 19th century american libertarian ish chap called henry george you know yes, about him yes and and, and it's yeah. funny I've heard because of georgism yeah i've heard of georgism yeah. and and i always thought they were the same thing and then i was told no yeah. they're not the same thing ed ed in our no, conversation and ziggy said the same thing no they're i think ziggy did it was no they're separate but they are the same thing then they are the same thing the geo bit lots of people have different ideas either whether it's Georgist or geoist, i.e. land. Yeah. Um, but but it, but the main sort of proponents are, are libertarian guys over in, on your side of the Atlantic. People like Dan Sullivan and yeah. um, 
a guy called Fred Foldry, uh, an academic in California. Never heard of him. Um, both, uh, right. Well, and Mason Gaffney, an economist over there as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, principally, I, I mean, I can understand why Ed thinks that it has a particular resonance over here because of the the, the remnants of feudalism and, and and the land grab that that, that took place. Well, we couldn't um, get into the, the abstract nature of of the argument, which I don't think it holds up abstractly. And I, I would love to be able to talk to you about that and get your perspective on how exactly do they do they propose managing. Uh, not having the land fall into private hands, and who will control this this duty that has to be paid in order to use the land? Uh, how do you do that without having some sort of a state? Is it voluntary? How does that work? Yeah, well, this is this is where I've kind of moved on because I mean, it, Henry George's idea was that that should be the limit of the state, collecting uh-huh. that rent and then redistributing it as a citizens dividends even out so the he's just another he's just another small government minus one basically it's, it's somebody of, I who would, I would, but i mean if if you if you go further forward i, I mean there was no dispute that that land was a a problem um even you know the, the 19th century americans like like josiah warren and Benjamin Tucker, and right through to Albert J. Nock and Frank Chudoroff. They were all Georgists as well as libertarians. But later on, the, 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 the sort of Rothbardian um, ethic, um, and, and that's, where, that's where I've moved on. I mean, I think there are voluntary ways of, of, of doing this. I mean, for example, Rothbard talks about where land has been acquired unjustly, then that would all be unwound come, the, come an anarchic state, so that, that, that people would have to stake their claims again. And the people that are currently using that land for productive purposes, rather than the heirs of the landlords who got it and are, now, and are still charging rent for it, you know, that they would become the, the, the new owners, given that the state disappears and the state-granted land titles disappear. Yeah. Hey, this is terrific. I don't. I. I don't want to sequester the time on the on the yeah. show. But if you can send me an email, I would love to be able to conduct an interview with you for the website. Uh, can you write to me at libertyconspiracy at yahoo dot com and because we can do a Skype conversation? I'd love it. I will do it. It was just fortuitous that you were on tonight and I was listening because I'd listened to it over the weekend. So uh, I will it's, do. Yeah. It's perfect timing, and we only we we got a, an abbreviated conversation. I couldn't get into those philosophical questions, and sure. I find it fascinating that you say people like Albert J. Nock were Georgists, but it makes sense when you read Our Enemy to the State. Exactly. That chapter in Our Enemy to the State was 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 about his Georgism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's really, really cool. cool. And and that, that does lead you to the, you know, as we were discussing, you can resolve these things in an anarchic situation. Yeah. You don't need – because, look, it, it becomes its own um, self-defeating question. If if you're going to establish a government to try to handle the property and, and, and the payments for the use of the property while people are using this property, which is all supposed to be communally owned and no one can own the, the world or whatever, um, then – Who's going to decide what the government is composed of, and why not just allow the people who are in question to handle it themselves? Yeah, I should say people that I've mentioned before, like Dan Sullivan, I mean, they look at ways of doing this voluntarily through sort of um, township corporations and things like that, where, you know, those township corporations are, are kind of guaranteeing your land rights. And so you end up paying a sort of insurance for your title, and that gets spread out amongst the members of that corporation. You know, so there are... There are clearly people working on 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 ways of of achieving what they see as as rebalancing a, 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 an inequity 
um, without using a state to do it. So, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I've sort of managed to, to resolve that through to, to complete voluntarism. So, I, you know, we, we should talk. It's, did, it's did you just, Jack, Jack yeah. when you say you resolved it, I mean, you said you came from being a liberal, you moved into being a, a geolibertarian, and now you're a, a you know, complete, uh, use the term anarchist. Did you basically, you know, come to the conclusion that, well, property is something that is fairly well believed amongst people, and so therefore there will be a market demand for being able to demarcate uh, which where one property ends and where another begins, and and figure out what the the, the rules will generally be as far as transferring and 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 selling and titleship yeah. and all of that, and that that because there's a demand for property, that the marketplace will come up with those standards in the same way that the yeah. the marketplace exactly. has come up with standards in many other areas in life that we take for granted. Uh, and albeit there has been some competition. I mean, beta versus VHS, for instance, was a good example. There was a you know a differing standard there, uh, but one eventually did uh, win out over the other. And you know the market ruled. And well, the market I think figured uh, probably a better example is like AC versus DC. Because when you say beta versus VCH, uh, uh, VHS, people are like, oh, that didn't really affect uh, the, you know the universe as a whole. But when you look at AC versus DC, you know there was. There was a dispute in the marketplace. AC traveled farther along electrical lines and was therefore made sense. So, you know, everybody, every day, all day uses electricity. And this is something that's hugely important. And yes, it was decided in the free market. We didn't need the government to do Although it. Although DC is coming back. It is. DC, it, for, DC for long transmissions. There's been some new technological advances. That no, would you allow English guys in your DC. <laughs> hey, Jacques, uh, while oh, you're... Yeah, not that DC, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. Um, uh, that that reminds me of another another show that I was on uh, with uh, Free Talk Live a while back. It was an interesting show. But anyway, guys, uh, yeah, I, I just want to ask you, Jacques, while you're here. Um, uh, we were talking off the air, and I don't know if you got to hear this. this He's here show. for the thirty seconds. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I, I'll hold it, Jacques. You just email me libertyconspiracy at yahoo dot com. We'll communicate. Thank you so much for that. And that is really there. enlightening. Thank Great you, Jacques. Appreciate the call tonight. And you guys are going to get further in in detail uh, in, in in what sounds like academic detail. There were way more academics mentioned in that call than I feel comfortable <laughs> with. <laughs> Uh, you know how I am. I don't like hearing politicians' names dropped on talk radio, and I'm almost as uncomfortable about having uh, ec- economists' names. Uh, at least I presume but, that's who those people were. But you did a were. great job resolving it. You say, look, the market can resolve these things. There's an incentive for people to handle land disputes if you're one of these Georgists or geolibertarians. There's, there is an organic outgrowth of people to come up with their own societal ways of doing this. So what I'm hearing, though, about these geolibertarians is that they're just basically small yeah. government minus ones, as Michael Cloud would, I think, call them. I think you're where right. Where they're all about small government except in this one area. And then that's no different from somebody who's all about small government except in the area of the military. It's just that they've got a different area that they want to focus their efforts on. And so usually what you end up seeing is when somebody who claims to be small government but has a, an exception or two is elected, well, they just focus on their exception and, and making sure government's doing what they think it should in their, in uh, that their, area. their one yeah. area. And then they got to compromise. Yeah. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. Can you hear that? Can you hear it? It's very annoying. I hear it. Can you hear that sound, that ringing, that hissing? I can't get to sleep with it. I can't concentrate. I hear it constantly. You can't hide from it. Everywhere I go, it doesn't go away. It drives me nuts. It's tinnitus. A constant ringing in your ear caused by loud machines. Loud music. Ah. 
Finally, Quietus. I love Quietus. Quietus will stop the ringing fast. Quietus is all-natural, chewable quiet relief. Quiet relief so I can work. I now get a full night's rest. Quietus has helped thousands of people with tinnitus. Quietus is real, my friend. Quietus has changed my life. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Quietus at 1-800-758-1817. That's 1-800-758-1817. Stop the ringing now. one 800 1817 That's 1-800-758-1817. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. And we're brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. To give you the features on the site, they are free, including various different ways to get the latest about Free Talk Live. You can sign up for our email updates, follow our Twitter profile, and join our Facebook fan page. And you can do it all, or one of the three or two, whatever works best for you, at news.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to all of the options there. News freetalklive.com As we continue, we will take your phone calls about absolutely anything coming up. We still have to get back to the intern conversation. The federal government, apparently state governments as well, looking to investigate unpaid internships. And I was surprised when I found out that there were such a thing as paid internships. <laughs> I thought all internships were supposed to be unpaid. That is what the term meant. We right. will get uh, to the details, hopefully. But first, your phone calls. Ernie starts things out in California. Ernie, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind tonight, Ernie? Hey, a uh, few things. First of all, yeah, by Lincoln also, uh, if I remember right, wasn't he kind of against the military... Industrial complex was just starting back then, and the central bankers. No, no, no. Lincoln? He was, sure? uh, no. See, people, that this is a huge misnomer that needs to be addressed about Lincoln. Okay, yeah, tell uh, me that. Yeah, please. a lot of people think that Lincoln, by doing his greenback scheme, was uh, was yeah. against the bankers. Uh, all he wanted to do was have a currency that he could inflate. That's oh, all. Okay. It was just he was gonna instead of instead of having the uh, the bankers be the, the the favored guys and having their money being issued and so on and so forth. He wanted to eliminate that and he wanted to have the government have absolute control over the money and be able to print up as much as they wanted because of course he was running a humongous deficit. Um, so I mean that was another black mark against him. And then uh, what was the other point? That you, oh, okay, and, and a his couple anti- other points. The other thing is, is do people realize that I, I personally believe everything that. I'm a union plumber right now. Mm-hmm. They told me no work for two years. So basically, I'm going to lose my house, be homeless, whatever. You Who know. told you no work for two years? Oh, there's nothing. I'm a union worker. There's nothing on the books. And let's be realistic. When you do construction oh, with, all the, with all the uh, uh, codes, I do hospital work. I do, I do everything, power plants, do everything. There is nothing on the books. Our yeah. union reps told us basically, you know, usually we would sue you if you did plumber work outside. Go find some. I'm out here in California. There's nothing. I can confirm exactly what you said from the guy who drove me down to Logan Airport to get my flight out of England. He is a union. Um, I don't know. Does does something like uh, 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 like I don't know something in construction. And he's like, yeah. And he he even said for the next two years we're not looking at any work at all. So he's he's driving a van now. 
Yeah, see, what I'm saying is, is if you look back, 1944, the Bretton Woods Conference, yeah. before the war was even over, you had Hitler's Nazi boys, all the world bankers deciding how we're going to make our next scheme. And then they come up with, you know, the IMF, or actually it was the ITO, then it turned into the World Trade. I'm just like, as a person, I am really just, I'm, I feel like I've been bombarded. It feels like Kennedy's, the world, I mean, uh, what you were talking about with Lincoln and the North is the world bankers with the guns shooting me. Well, and it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. I mean, all you have to do is have special interests who can gain power from controlling the money supply or getting special favors for their businesses oh, you mean and things like, like the that. CFR, the Trilateral yeah, Commission. Yeah, and you know whether it's a conspiracy or not, it really doesn't matter. It's it's the, the it's the the machinery of government that will eventually lead you in this direction. It happened with uh, with Alexander Hamilton. It happened yes. with Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's main reason, the, the main reason for for the Civil War was not slavery. The main reason for the Civil War was trade disputes between the South and the North, and the fact that Abraham. Same Lincoln with the Revolutionary gonna, War. Yeah, essentially the same. Well, thing. Yeah. Also, power yeah. as well. I mean, having power. Well, in you the had South? England yes. banking uh, both sides of that too. So it's still a banker conflict, just like with Napoleon. How Rothschild uh, won Europe was on a lie. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's you know, really, it's, it's really, it's like the. Uh, it's like the hundred, the Bilderbergs working for the thirteen families running the world to destroy the rest of us. See, bottom uh, how these thirteen families get in charge? See, I don't even look at that. It, it, it's not about the families or, or anything like that. I think it's a like bloodline. I think it's just they feel they're better than us. Uh, see, I don't. That the the motives for a family or a conspiracy or any of that stuff, it doesn't matter. We're, look, you know, we here at Free Talk Live on my website at Liberty Conspiracy, we look at the way the, the machinery tends to work. And the machinery of government tends to work towards growing, giving special favors to certain people by excluding yes. competition. And it doesn't matter whether there's a conspiracy for it or not. The lessons to be learned are don't allow the government to do these things, and then it doesn't matter whether there's a conspiracy or there's well, special that's true, people but or when not. You got, you got these people that own all the networks, and you got morons that won't read books and are paying attention to video games. They got us. They got well, us. Well, you're here, dude, and we're decentralized. You know. I know, but a lot of people are just. God, I, just I, I try to tell, talk you, to him about what's going on, and, and they're more worried about uh, Tiger Woods, how he's getting women. It's stupid. Well, they're I, distracted. By... I agree, and I felt exactly the same way at one point in my life. Um, I was frustrated by the fact that the rest of the world didn't think like I do, and that's really what your your dispute is. And and they likely feel the same way that um uh you know that you do on yeah. a different issue. They want you to like the Giants or the Red Sox or whatever <laughs> um, it is that they 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 like. And um, I was frustrated in that area. I totally was. And it seems to me that uh, this is a perfect opportunity with you, with uh, you know the, your union situation as it is, is to pick up and move to the Free State Project because I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I, you know, I when I feel that sort of, I think people should feel the way I feel thing. What I feel uh, now is we just need to make New Hampshire a better place, more attractive, so that more people will want to move here. So it'll be the destination okay. oh, is that for where you guys are. I'm sorry? Is that where you guys are? In New Hampshire? Yes. Is this yeah. the first time you've heard the show? Oh, uh, yeah. To be honest, yeah. I just learned today that I, I was going to go to North Dakota because I like their banking system. 
Well, hey, <laughs> think, come on over, man. New Hampshire is uh, the, the, the location of the Free State Project. It is the destination of the Free State Project. The Free State but Project. I said, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been a patriot. I've been in a military, two militaries. I'm 49. I'm watching my whole world get crushed by these bankers and by these policies of our government and sitting there laughing at me about health care while you're building your private army. And I'm starving, dude. I, un- I understand the problem. Yeah, there's so not much freedom. Into that. I will look up your website, and God, look out, New Hampshire, here I come. Well, Thanks for the call tonight. It's freestateproject.org, and the number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But uh, make sure you, you love liberty uh, for everybody, in, including yourself, uh, before you come here. I think it's important to... I think it's important to understand the concept that in order to be free, you have to allow others to be free before you'll be free. I think that's pretty critical, and I hope people get that before they make a move up here. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that uh, people, they, they move along the path of liberty in different ways, and I think that being around people that love liberty, um, if you have a propensity towards it, will drive you um, you know, uh, you know, know, further down that path, and that's a good thing. And to uh, a certain extent, oh, sorry, Ian. Ian. Oh, I was just going to comment on uh, what he was talking about earlier with the 13 families and this and that and how he's frustrated by you know the fact that uh, people aren't paying attention to the things he considers to be important. And he was talking about the 13 families, etc., and we don't consider that to be important, and we likely agree with him on a number of the things that, that he uh, was talking about. That's not what I was hearing. Right, banks and uh, the military-industrial complex and things like that. We, we probably agree with him on those issues. Uh, but he kind of marginalized himself in the conversation by bringing up the conspiracy theory of the, you know, the World Trade uh, WTO or the New World Order, the the bankers, and kind of the more conspiratorial side of it. And guard, you jumped on him for that, and you, you know, you countered, bit, yeah, you, you, you know. countered that. Um, and I, and I think it's important to to, to point out that. When you're trying to address those people that he was mentioning, the ones that don't want to read books and they are, you know, they're busy being concerned with what Tiger Woods is doing, I don't think that uh, bringing up the 13 families and the uh, the Rothschilds and all of that is really going to do anything to crack, you know, to crack, a, put some cracks in their shell, if you will, or, or the brick walls that they've built up with their bread and circuses uh, that they've been distracted by. What you have to do is find an area in which that they can see uh, what's going on. An area they can see that uh, the, the government is clearly harming something that they have concern for. Whatever that area might be, and then focus on that and talk about liberty in that area. More coming up. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features we give away, so enjoy those on us. You can visit the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com is the place to go for that. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. How soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. 
an island called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to Jack all the time. It's kind of like Rothbard meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page. Make it will make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com, see some of the samples, and order today. There's a 10% discount for Free Talk Live listeners with coupon code FTL. It's an island called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. It's a great book. 800-259-9231. We continue here uh, taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Scott is in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, Ian, Mark, and Garth. How are you guys doing? Just checking in. Scott, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, um... I wanted to, to just talk about the economy. I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Um, first of all, did you guys um, see in the past about uh, these big uh, buildings? I know there was one, in, a couple in Chicago, uh, even out by Washington, D.C., uh, that are so humongous that nothing's in there and that the taxpayers are paying for these buildings to be made uh, heated in maintenance while there's nothing in there. And Sounds they, believable. It was unbelievable because they were saying the millions and millions of dollars that the taxpayers are paying just to keep these things uh, heated or whatever. And where did you say these buildings are? There was one out of uh, Washington. I mean, mm-hmm. it was on ABC News. You couldn't see the end of the building. Isn't it funny, though, how ABC News will give these reports about, you know, this very clear, obvious government waste and graft? And, you know, Charles Gibson, when he was hosting the night, now it's time for another story on your money and how it's being spent or misspent. And yet they won't analyze things like um, the government health care program and actually look at how the numbers have been manipulated on it to make it look like it's going to save money when, in fact, it's not going to save people money. They, it's, it's, they, it's like they have this weird bipolar disorder when, when they think they can appeal to the audience on, oh, look at this wastefulness. But when it actually takes one extra step of thought, then they shut down. I, I, don't, I do not understand it. It's so bizarre, it, it, and it drives me up the wall. And that's where John Stossel, you know, he learned. He used to be accusatory of businesses. And, yeah, and he was a consumer reporter. Yeah, he was a consumer reporter, and he would nail businesses for their corruption or their waste or whatever. And then he realized the biggest and most corrupt entity out there is, is government. Yep. Yeah, he definitely uh, has had an amazing path, and now he's got his own uh, TV show, finally, much deserved uh, I would yeah. say, and he's doing a great job with it. I wish I'd actually taken – I need to take more time to watch some more episodes. I've only Stossel. seen about four of them. Yeah, yeah have you seen awesome. any of them? Yeah, it's fantastic. Very he has a studio stuff. audience, and he really lets the other the, the other side talk. Oh, and, that's and, one of the things I was really impressed with was yeah. that he'll have uh, people who are of the opposite viewpoint of what he's presenting in his studio audience, and that's pretty much who he allows to talk. I mean, he doesn't really get a lot of the choir right. uh, on the show. He really goes in uh, and gets opposition, which is great. And, and Ian, to get back to what the caller was saying, you know, wasn't it Harry Brown who, who you know, he said, look, it, you could sell off the government assets right now and eliminate the government debt, the federal debt. I mean, look at these buildings. Sell them off. Do yeah. something with them. Hey, Scott, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is... The SACL CAI toll-free line. Now then, back to a story that we never really even got into. Um, Guard, you were telling us briefly earlier in the show about the feds and the state government people are now investigating internships, uh, unpaid internships, because, well, 
people are being taken advantage of. Well, Karl Marx said it. The owners of the means of production obviously prey upon people and make them do things. And clearly the people who are going for unpaid internships just to get skills so that they can show p- potential employers in the future that they've learned some things, they're being exploited, obviously. So what well, don't they own on? their own means of production, though? Well, that's part of the problem so those, that Marx never young, really addressed. Those, those young college students are uh, are monopolist holders of their of own their labor? Of their own skills and labor. Clearly, they ought to share that. Clearly, little bourgeoisie. That's a great. That is such a great re- way to recurse and flip it back on itself, Mark. That's awesome. That's so right. glad nobody so, said that to Marx while he was it, leeching it, off people. Knock it on down. Yeah, so do, do you, do you want more the of the proposal story here? here? Yeah. yeah. Where's this from? Uh, New York Times? Yeah, it comes from the New York Times. Uh, it's in the business section. Stephen Greenhouse writes, Uh, With job openings scarce for young people, the number of unpaid internships has climbed in recent years, leading federal and state regulators to worry that more employers are illegally using such internships for free labor. (laughs) Convinced that many unpaid internships violate minimum wage laws, which, by the way, on the state level are patently unconstitutional and on the federal level are unconstitutional as well. But anyway, officials in Oregon... Don't you have to be employed in order to get a wage? <laughs> I don't, don't remember know. filling out any employment I mean, information and, and as what, an intern. It, where do you draw the line? If somebody's just visiting you and says, hey, can I help you with some of your stuff today? I got nothing going on. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, I'm you moving to, taking some stuff out to the uh, the station van. Uh, can can I, can, can, I, can, can you me? help me with that? Oh, no, I'm sorry. The federal government won't yeah, allow me to do that. It's an I've... unpaid internship. Uh, it says here, officials in Oregon, California, and other states have begun investigations and find what a great use of taxpayer money and find employers. Last year, M. Patricia Smith, then New York's labor commissioner, ordered investigations into several firms' internships. Now as the Federal Labor Department's top law enforcement official, oh, so she's working for the Obama administration. What a surprise. She and the Wage and Hour Division, the Wage and Hour Division, are stepping up enforcement nationwide. This is like something from Brazil. This is like something Terry Gilliam oh would come God. up with. Many, I just saw that movie recently. It was great. Oh, it's so brilliant, man. Many regulators say that violations are widespread, but that it is unusually hard to mount a major enforcement effort because interns are often afraid to file complaints. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Maybe. they're being exploited. So wait, so what they're saying is they've actually gone after businesses for having internships? Yeah. They're, they're actually claiming that internships are, in point of fact, illegal right now that there's there's no proposal to change anything the proposal is just to investigate further and to find businesses this is just is that what i'm hearing guard is that they're saying that internships are illegal in the united states that they're just they're going on quietly because those those darn interns are so scared they should be snitching out the uh these people to the federal government or to their local state government listen to this one you'll love this ian and it's exactly what you're saying except these people don't believe they don't understand the absurdity of what they're saying this is a person from the, the acting director of the department's wage and hour division. Quote, if you're a for-profit employer or you want to pursue an internship with a for-profit employer, there aren't going to be many circumstances where you can have an internship and not be paid and still be in compliance with the law. Wow. So unpaid internships are illegal. That's what they're, this is basically what they're saying. Yes. They, they said there are what? Not many Not many ways. instances. Yeah. So you've got to go through all this rigmarole and red tape. This reminds me of a story here in New Hampshire. The guy, Alex Ray, 
Who and uh, you're gonna you know he runs I, these inns. He let the kids in the summertime mm-hmm. run their own breakfast shop in his hotels. They had violations because the kids were working extra hours. The kids violated their own child labor laws. The kids wanted to be they there. They made their own law. They made their own hours. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. Are interns too scared? I want to talk about that aspect to this. As a former intern, uh, we'll take your calls as well. Free Talk Live. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation. It's crumbling National Health Service. It's disintegrating government schools and the political parasites, leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They are free. Including our webcam. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch and listen to the program and interact with other listeners because we've got our chat room right there on the same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. And if you're looking to pick up uh, precious metals here in the relatively near future before you you know, buy with one of those uh, other companies, check out gold.freetalklive.com. It is a uh, collaboration between Free Talk Live and our syndicate, Midas Resources. And I have picked out all kinds of gold and silver coins that you can view there at gold.freetalklive.com. And there's even an option for people who want to put a little bit of money towards, uh, you know, saving up some gold and and silver in the future, just call 877-857-9938. I'll give you that number again in a second. Tell them you want to uh, put away 20 coins. Um, obviously, if you're putting a little away, do silver. If you're putting a lot away, do gold. But, uh, uh, you know, 20 coins is the best for shipping, so it's the it's the best amount to get. 877-857-9938. And uh, tell them you want to do layaway. Gold.freetalklive.com. All right. So there's a story in the New York Times uh, that Guard has been sharing with us here about these government bureaucrats getting all in a tissy over people doing internships for no pay. Now, a few years ago, when I found out that some interns actually get paid, I was shocked. I was appalled uh, that, that you could even call something that is paid an internship. I always thought the idea behind an internship... and what the hell do I know, uh, is that somebody goes and works for free in order to build up skills and, and, uh, and make the, you know, the solid the relationships they would need in order to move ahead into a paying position. And I always thought paying positions were called jobs. So how is it that where, – where do you draw the line between a paid internship and a job? At what point does it, it transition? I, I know somebody who's at a, a paid internship, and she's earning more than I do. It's just unbelievable. It's, how do, how it's does it work? What, what would it take for her to become a, uh, an employee and not an intern? It's a temporary set- setup. Internships so are So are temps temp. also interns? Somebody no. who's working as a temp for a temp agency, are they also considered interns? No, I, just, I think an internship is uh, you, you basically the company hires you on as a temporary sort of uh, probationary uh, role. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess so it usually just depends on. I think it just depends on what the, what the company wants to call it. I think oh, that's sure. what it is and, and, because it sounds to me like if you're getting paid, then you probably are an employee. They're just calling you an intern. Yeah, and and you know this all goes towards the free market idea of well, you know, if, if you're looking for something that the the company says is X, Y, or Z, and you look into it and you say, yeah, that fits my my purposes and what I want to do, then you take it. And if not, you know, Mark made a great point. It's like Marx didn't understand, but Mark does. That the employee has his own labor and owns his own resource in himself, and so that this this entire thing is is predicated upon the idea that business people are exploiting others because right. those others have no option. Well, the others have their own power as well. They and clearly are they know something. this. Clearly they know this because one of the whichever bureaucrat that's in charge of this this investigation, they want to investigate more internships and bring business owners up on charges or something like that because yeah. that'll uh, that, that'll help create jobs. But they're saying that they're they're saying in the story that well, we could be busting more of these businessmen if those interns would just find the courage that they Speak need to up. snitch out on these uh, uh, these abusive business people. And the reason why that's not happening is because they know they own their own labor. They know they own themselves, and they know that what they're doing in the internship is benefiting them. Exactly. They're, they're in that deal not because they're being exploited, but because it's to their benefit to work for free. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. What the hell would the point be? of working for some businessman for zero pay unless you thought you were really getting something out so of let it. Me, let me see if I can figure something out. When, when a, a young person goes to college so they can soak up all that information from the instructor and get, get all that, you know, sort of be an apprentice knowledge-wise to the instructor, and they pay the college mm, for this yeah. service, are they being exploited? Well, if that's the crazy logic we're going to use here, then so, I guess so they would. Therefore, the, but again, they're making that choice, so no. In, in none of these cases are they being exploited. But in the eyes of these people, perhaps that's the case. because well, they, they would give the academics a pass. The, oh, of course, right. because the academics totally support socialism. Well, I think that mostly um, when it comes to academics, that the, the, the stuff that's created in college is of no use in the marketplace and is not used in the marketplace. So you create papers and books and crap like that that, uh, that the college doesn't have control over and it doesn't, uh, doesn't own so I think that that would be the difference that they would – the dis- distinction that they would make. Now, shop class might be a different example. I, I don't know entirely. I certainly made some things in like uh, woodworking class and shop classes. But um, You're I, talking about the perception that they would have in the eyes of these Right, because most of the, yeah. the, the work that you're given in school is busy work anyway. Um, but even, even if you do learn something from it, it you don't get to sell that. And, um, and if you do sell it, it's yours to sell. So if I wrote a paper in college, it's, for some reason I was able to make it into a book or something like that. The college doesn't own it. I do. Yeah. So there is a distinction. Speaking of college, I bet you that's the loophole. They were talking in the article about how it is that – well, if you have an unpaid internship and uh, we don't know about it, then the only way that you could – or if you, have an un, if you have an unpaid internship and it's not illegal, because they basically were saying that almost all unpaid internships are illegal. Yeah. I bet you the one kind of unpaid internship that is not illegal is the one that you do for college credit. I bet it's not. That's, that's the, I bet, I'll bet, you bet, I bet that's illegal? I bet it is. No, no, I no, bet no, you. No, no way. You, the, colleges the, yeah. the colleges are the in colleges with the state. The colleges want you to pay their interns. 
Every time I've ever talked to a college, when really? MCC called the radio stations, they wanted us to pay their uh, their their stinking loser students. I when bet we you. Can get, when they we get can credit. Get, I don't care. The fact is, you can get a better intern yes. by advertising on the radio that you need an intern than you could possibly get from a college student who thinks that uh, you know, oh, I've put money into this. I, I deserve stuff out. Well, here's a little here's a little bit of information. Uh, no one keeps official count of how many paid and unpaid internships there are, but we lo- need a bureaucracy of intern counting. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, well, hey, it could go with this acting director of the Labor Department's Wage and Hour Division. But there's this guy at Stanford University. His name is Lance Choi, director of the Career Development Center at Stanford. He sees definitive evidence that the number of unpaid internships is mushrooming fueled by employers' desire to hold down costs and students' eagerness to gain experience for their resumes. Employers posted 643 unpaid internships at Stanford's job board this academic year, more than triple the 174 posted two years ago. So I would think that the the little loopholes that they have, I'm sort of on Ian's side here, probably have to do with if you're getting it and you're getting it for college, college credit, then you can do that, but it can only be X number of hours, and it has to be, you know, certified. And all it's all speculation on, on our side here. We'd love to hear from college kids that actually know what the details are on yeah. this, but that would seem to be the the loophole for me. Now, uh, this reminds me of a segment in Mary Ruart's book, uh, Healing Our World, oh. which I highly recommend. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, especially to people that consider themselves liberals. It's a perfect book uh, to bring a, a liberal-minded person on over to the ideas of, of real liberty. Uh, but she talks about how, in her opinion, her internship, where she was not paid, uh, her internship was the best thing she could have done for her career. And I have to agree. In fact, thinking about what this proposal is to make it so that all interns are paid, essentially eliminating the concept of internship, because as far as I'm concerned, if you're getting paid, you have a job, you're not an intern. If I was to be getting paid minimum wage when I was interning for the radio station that I started in radio at, I don't imagine they would have wanted me around quite as much because then, well, why not just have the other people that are working That's for you point. on salary or whatever do those jobs? You know, have them take care of the prize closet or load up the van and, and all this. I mean, it, it, it was, You wouldn't have been able to snoop around and do all the things and learn the way you had. Well, it wasn't snooping. Uh, at, at one point, after I had done enough of the, the menial tasks, they allowed me the opportunity to go into an on-air internship where I learned the the basics of, of being on, you know, in music radio and how to, you know, start and stop the, the CD players and the playing the, the segues and everything. And, yeah. and I got to talk on the, the mic as uh, Ian the intern at, the, at that time. And that was a, a very formative time for me that I don't know if I would have had that experience at all had they had to pay me. I mean, would they even bring in an intern in the first place? Great see why. Yeah. And then if I didn't have that experience, what would have made them want to hire me on as their menial label labor anyway? They would have given those jobs to the general manager's son or daughter or something like yep. that. It sounds like a terrible idea. More coming up here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free 
Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. Enough time for your call if you make it right now. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231 tonight. It is Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. You like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live? Shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So just start your shopping there. Amazon.freetalklive.com. You know them. They're the world's largest internet retailer. Tremendously popular website. And for good reason. They've got great prices and a huge selection. Free Super Saver shipping is available on a lot of their products as well. At Amazon.freetalklive.com. Critical thinking question. Why would something that is so good for us, like government education, need to be imposed on us with the use of force and funded by the use of force? Well, maybe something else is going on. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government education. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's SchoolSucksProject.com to your phone calls and the fun to Sid in Alabama. Sid, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Sid, What's up, guys? you're on the air. Yeah. What's on your mind? Um, first, I wanted to actually wanted to talk about two things. And uh, for one second, I want to go back to uh, Tom uh, Thomas Durango's books. Yeah. And uh, you know, first of all, I've, I've read his work. Um, he's a great guy. I've actually corresponded with him twice, a few times by email. He's really um, just a good guy. But um, I wanted to go back. Someone said that um, a tariff is an act of aggression, right? A what? I think, I think it was an embargo. Was uh, what? An yeah. embargo. Okay. Um, but. Um, before before the first shot was fired, the South uh, had been put. And I'm not I'm not some loony pro-slavery fly my Confederate flag just because I'm from Alabama. Let me uh, preface it with this. But uh, the South had been under the North. Some um, the North economy was suffering obviously tremendously for years before because of all their high taxes <clears throat> and their overdevelopment uh, and uh, tariffs. Um, had already been imposed on the South, so it's basically a point of a balloon popping, um, which made them finally, it was the threats of more in addition to what they've already received. So I don't know if that necessarily gave them the right to fire the No, it, it doesn't, because it, it, it doesn't at all, because they civil disobedience, I think, really needs a role in the idea of not going along with uh, with these governments. If they're imposing tariffs, just don't pay them. Yeah, you know, Ian has a, has a very interesting point that I'd like to explore further in the time we have while you're here with us. Because, you don't have to shoot. Because you have two state agencies there fighting against each other, and they're, they're driven by uh, whether it's majority sentiment or uh, pluralist sentiment or not. Uh, the analogy that I was going to draw is somewhat useful, I think. For example, uh, if you had a situation where uh, people – were uh, forcing you to pay more to get uh, something that you needed, whether it's foodstuffs or water or something to for your business. And then they had, uh, for example, let's say we had the British. The British had a garrison, and they had this uh, in Boston, you know, in Boston Harbor or something like that. And they had said that they were going to be essentially raising the tariffs on imported goods so high that it would just be very difficult for people to be able to get what they needed. And um, then uh, the people in Boston said, well, we want you to get your guys out of that garrison, and we want to be able to live freely without this sort of thing happening. This is similar to what was happening down in the South. Now, if the British had promised, yeah, okay, we're going to get our guys out of there, and then all of a sudden 
you find out that all of those communiques were bogus, which is exactly what Abraham Lincoln did. Uh, and then you find out not only were they bogus, but they're sending in new shipments to resupply the guys in the garrison to fortify it, to continue strangling you. Then I can see how the South would be driven to fire on those guys to get them out of there. And uh, right. well, yeah. I, what I was just saying was that uh, maybe that wasn't the best example. Um, but I have another thing. I think you guys are wrong about the type of internships legal. The type of internships that are illegal. That will be legal still. I have no doubt that legal uh, internships for senators, senator offices, uh, public <laughs> offices, things like that, those will remain legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right about that. So you can be a, a page or whatever they yeah. call them. Right, Great because, point. of course, uh, they're working for their community. Mm, so <laughs> they couldn't possibly and, be exploited then. Right. They're working for a senator. What, what they're yeah, – right. What they're getting in, is far more valuable than any kind of cash reward. They're getting pride and molested. Yeah, I was just thinking that those yeah, perverted really. uh, so-called representatives. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Got to let you go. Yep. Phone's kind of iffy. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. So, guard uh, Mark, yeah. were either of you at any point? Interns. Oh yeah, many many times, absolutely, all over the place. Television. So you radio. just loved getting uh, abused then, huh? You just loved the uh, the exploitation. And you know, sometimes uh, I was talking with Courtney about this. Sometimes you you end up going to work for a place, and you don't really realize it. Uh, you know, as an intern, you go there, and you don't really realize that hey, you're not really getting out of it what you'd hope to get out of it. And it, you can sort of run the course because you're attached through a school, and you want to get your credit and so on. And uh, so I give suggestions to people if you're in, in an internship like that. Just as you know, a personal note to from me to you who might be listening. Uh, get out of it quick. Hook up with somebody. Make your own thing. Uh, fudge fudge it a little bit. Tell people you're in a co- in a school and you'd like to do an internship. Uh, you know, get in touch with businesses that will be able to help you out. Not places where you're going to be sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, I yeah. think you'll learn more in the internship than you did at the school in the first place. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of my a little bit of my story when I was at the gifted school that I was going to. Until I left, I left that school in the first after the first quarter of my twelfth grade year, so the final year of school I left. But in that first quarter, I was investigating the idea of of getting a uh, what they had a class called externship. Yeah, uh, and so it was worth like a half a credit or something like that. And the idea would be that well, you go and get an internship somewhere, and then all you have to do is get your uh, intern boss or whoever to sign off on some paperwork, and then uh, you get a half a credit for that. Well, when I went into the uh, – I figured out which class it was, which teacher was the externship. Because there's no actual class. You don't actually go into right. a class. You just, so somebody you just over sign you. up and then you report to that person. You show them your paperwork to prove that you've been doing the internship. Yeah. And I told her what it was that I wanted to do. I said, I want to go intern for a radio station. And this woman, who I'd never met before in my life, attempted to talk me out of it. She attempted to talk. She said, well, you'll just do – we had somebody who at one time did uh, an internship for a radio station, and they all they had him doing was menial labor. You know, like whatever, hanging the banners and et cetera, yeah. packing, the, uh, pa- packing the, 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 the van for the, the thing station. The thing we have the interns uh, do at the radio station. Menial yeah. labor, yeah, yeah. yeah. getting yeah, the coffee. Anything that's uh, you know crappy, that's what they have them do. Right, and so she was explaining to me that, well, you know, you're not going to like – that's not what you want to do with an intern. You don't want to do that. And sure, because they're going to put you on prime time during the morning show, uh, you know, handling, flipping the switches or doing whatever it is they're doing. You know, somebody who's, well – doesn't know anything about radio. Come on. 
I, I don't know if that's what she was suggesting. She was just kind of getting at, well, there are other internships you could do where you'll be, you'll be much more enriched, I think was her suggestion oh, there, than working at this radio job. And so I turned around and walked the hell out of there and never They don't know what they're in. doing, you know? As, right. And, well, and, what the hell does she know? Exactly. She's a teacher. Exactly. And so I went uh, and I got the ra- – I just I, – I said, well, I don't – I don't need these people to get an internship. I just went on my own then at that point to the same station that I'd wanted to be an intern at and told them I wanted to be an intern. And they said, okay. And, uh, you know, they said, well, here's the secret to being intern. You just show up because most of them don't even show up. Uh, Apparently only about – they said that 50 percent of the interns get hired because – yeah. Most of them fail at the basics of showing up on time. Yep. Um, a lot of the people... <laughs> and I said, I can handle that. Yep. That, it, it's true. A lot That's of them right. just don't show up. They, For whatever reason, they don't take the job enough to uh, continue to show up or they're nuts. Yeah. And so I got the internship and I was packing the station van and then eventually, uh, you know, taking the station van to uh, places. That was pretty much my job was to go to remotes, set up the banners, set up the equipment for the jock. The jock would come in. They'd do their, uh, their breaks on the air and then they'd you leave. You were doing that and not getting paid? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, Absolutely. Usually they have they're paying you by the time that you're doing. Uh, no, promotions. I worked for nine months for uh, for free gotcha. before I first got an opportunity to make money with the radio station, and it was worth it. Every single moment was absolutely worth it. I built the relationships within the station that I needed it's to have. It's up to you. you and know? Uh, and, yeah. and I didn't get a, a you know a dime's worth of credit from the school that I was going to because I didn't care about and that. I cared about the business of radio. If you don't like it, you can get out. I mean, Courtney finished absolutely. up her thing and she, she hooked up with some great people. It's her initiative. She did it. That's why and, the exploitation claim right. is just so it's ludicrous. So bogus. And and part of this whole thing on, on this this internship thing is that these uh, these employment bureaucrats are worried. That real employees won't be able to get jobs because the interns will be doing the jobs <laughs> for free. Well, hey, guess what? There isn't any money to pay those people right now because yeah. of government. So here's the deal. But when the money's there, who, when the who's money's there, it? the good people who have done good work, they'll get the jobs and they'll be more productive because they learn. Just like you said, the if they have to will, pay yeah. these guys, they won't be able to get get opportunities to learn. We are out of time. It has been Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us back here, same time, same place, tomorrow night. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. Okay. It's a, another edition of the Edgington Post. And... Today I've got with me somebody I, I had on relatively recently, uh, Frederick. Uh, this is uh, you're on the Edgington Post again, and uh, I've got some qu- more questions for you. Good. So uh, I, I'm sorry I didn't do proper introduction there. It's Frederick Graves from uh, Jurisdictionary.com, and now you know I, when I had John before, I hadn't used the product yet and hadn't had a chance to to sort of uh, I guess uh, you know formulate my questions a little a little better. So I have. Um, some more things I want to talk about, but let's let's real quick for people who didn't get to hear the last interview or don't know what Jurisdictionary is, let's explain it to them. Well, Jurisdictionary is a four-CD, extremely simplified course with a five-hour video, two and a half hours of audio classroom, and 15 in-depth reference tutorials that make it easy to, to watch television shows about justice and know why the judge overruled or sustained an objection. 
to understand the elements of a cause of action, motions and hearings, the rules of evidence, how to do pleadings, how to deal with judges, how to deal with lawyers. It's all very, very simplified, written for uh, just anybody out there that can read and write English. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that uh, with that summation. That's uh, pretty much what I've been finding is that, um, you know, I, I've, I, having watched television, I don't think I know a darn thing about uh, the legal system, and, and now I'm beginning to understand um, things a lot better. I haven't made it through the entire course, and... I suspect it's people that are probably more driven than than I am. They've got something coming up, and I'm sure once I do, I'll I'll review everything just so I understand um, very thoroughly before I file any any motions or or anything like that. But I feel now that I have some understanding of how the judicial system works. Before, I just thought that uh, we'd have a court day and I'd be able to get up there and talk about whatever I wanted to talk about. That 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 doesn't work. No. And, 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 and let me just say this because it's so important, and I, this keeps coming up all the time. People go to court, bless their hearts, and some of them actually know what the law is that affects the facts that they have. They know what the facts are, they go and they find out a little about the law, and then they go into court and they assume the judge is going to do the right thing because the law is on their side. But it doesn't work like that because mm. litigation is a game, and the game has rules. So what Jurisdictionary has done is, is, and we're having so much fun, we have demystified what lawyers do. Put it another way, I appeared before the Florida Supreme Court one time arguing against a rule revision that the Florida Bar was trying to push through. It was nonsense. And I told the Florida Supreme Court that there are two kinds of lawyers. There are lawyers that try to find the truth and put it into the record, and then there are lawyers that try to hide the truth. And the course will show you how to deal with both kinds of lawyers. And, and if you've got, if you're up against the lawyer and he's trying to hide the truth, there, there are ways to make him jump through hoops and wish he'd never met you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that day. <laughs> you know, on on Free Talk Live, we talk about a lot of different ways that one can make a sort of a dif- a difference for liberty in um, this nation, and. We haven't come up with a whole bunch of, bunch of solutions, and most of the solutions we've come up with require a great deal of uh, commitment on the part of the person who's uh, willing to, to take up that that torch and run with it. Um, one of which is the Free State Project, and you know it, it's a big it's a big thing to ask somebody to pick up and move to an entirely different state in the hopes that we can uh, you know get enough people here that we can affect the the legal system the the um, political system in some way towards liberty and and you know it it's fine but a lot of people simply can't move and I think that in jurisdictionary I've found something that you know the average individual can do. You know, su- suddenly instead of just paying their parking tickets or, or um, their their speeding tickets or you know whatever sort of mandatory fundraising that the uh, the state or local governments are doing with them, they can take them to court and you know do something because the j- judicial system uh, is there so that you can you can fight these things. And I think that they've uh, they've gotten you know, so ticket happy that they they just want to raise funds doing that. And it's a way to fight it. Well, we tell people this, Mark. The Constitution is a wonderful thing. You know, I've taken, I don't know how many times I've taken an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Florida. And, and yet, the Constitution talks about this magical thing called due process, mm-hmm. but it doesn't explain what it is. 
And you, part of due process is the ability to go to the polls in November and vote. But in comparison to the power that the people have who, you know, will study jurisdictionary or get this information some other way and learn how this game called court is played to win, the difference in the power is day and night. I mean, the power to vote is a wonderful thing. The power to go into court and say, no, excuse me, I will cross-examine this witness, and you will allow me to, judge, and I will present these documents. And if these people don't turn over these other documents that I've requested, then they will go to jail because that's my right, and people died for my right to be here, and I've come a long way, and I will be heard. You know, I, I think it makes I think it makes a huge difference. And if you can, um, you know, the, the the judicial system, if you're not represented there, either you you basically have a couple of options: pay tens of thousands of dollars to a lawyer to represent you, in which case it's probably not worth whatever it is that you're going in for in the first place, or B to go in and uh, uh, you know represent yourself and. Up, to, up until the point that I found jurisdictionary, essentially that means getting pushed around and losing and being embarrassed. Um, I think that jurisdictionary offers another path. You know, it's it's $250 for the full course, and anybody, pretty much anybody can afford that. And at that point, you're armed and ready to go into a, you know, obviously I, I would recommend watching it through more than one time, but you're armed and ready to go and, and you know, do, do battle in the court system. And C, which is if you do hire a lawyer, wouldn't it be fun if we actually knew what the lawyer was supposed to do? I think you and I talked about that last time. Yeah. People people hire lawyers. They don't have a clue what the lawyer was supposed to do. They lose their kids. They can't see their children. They have to pay child support. They, you know, they get in all, all upside down with the court. And, and then the lawyer turns to them and says, gee, we didn't know how this was going to happen, when in fact it's the client didn't know. I mean, it's 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 like lawyer insurance. Yeah, you know, I can't <laughs> like, tell you. I can't why tell not? you. No, I mean, if it's so easy to learn, why not learn the power of the people? I mean, that's what Blackstone said. You know, he he wrote a book years and years ago, The Laws of England, and it was used to settle the West. A copy of Blackstone, a copy of the Bible, a forty-four revolver, and a good horse. That's what settled the West. Okay, and Blackstone says that the courts are for the common people. They are the power of the people. And yet my profession has hidden that from you. So jurisdictionary demystifies what the lawyers do. We lift the curtain so you can see the little guy behind the curtain and find out what's actually going on and know how to control these people and make them do what's right. You know, I, I, I think that it, I think it's possible, at least a, a good percentage of the time, to make that happen. And I, um, you know, I'm the more I read jurisdictionary um, and watch the uh, the videos, the the more I find it to be, you know, something that the average person can use anywhere in the United States and um, have a huge effect in the in the area of uh, of a liberty. We have people in India, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, even people in Great Britain that buy the course because basically the, the systems are very similar. Mm-hmm. How, um, but if you, if you, if you don't, if the judge, if the judge buffaloes you and you don't have a court reporter and, you know, he says, sit down, shut up. And, and you sit down, shut up because you're terrified instead of standing up and knowing that you have a right to stand up, you're not going to go to jail. You're not going to go to jail for standing up and making your record. And people learn these things then the whole world changes. The way I look at it, I, I think it's the time has come for people to actually understand. Public legal education is a moral imperative one. 
you know, I, I would love to see the, uh, the, the public <laughs> educated in the area of, uh, of the legal system. It's so important um, in society, and you know, they, uh, the school system just leaves it out. They don't, they don't address it at all. Well, down the road, somewhere down the road, we're going to put a stop to that. And a lot of people say, well, well they don't want that. They're not going to want that. Well, no kidding. I mean, if, if they wanted it, we would have already had it. But when, when millions of people begin to realize that their children and themselves are being duped by my profession that purposely hides this very simple process, they're going to demand it. And we're going to have, we're going to begin teaching these things a little bit in elementary school and then a little bit more in junior high. And by the time people graduate from high school, there's no difference between the note and the mortgage. I mean, it's my dream. I want to see it before I die. You you mentioned um, that uh, the, the lawyers have uh, uh, obfuscated sort of the the little justice from uh, people through the legal system. How um, using jurisdictionary when when I find laws, um, you know, sometimes I just can't read them because they're not written in in English. They're written in some language that kind of looks like English but functions entirely differently. Um, how does jurisdictionary uh, you know avoid people getting caught in that trap? Well, it, it, it turns out that once you understand what we talk about the elements, and, and, you know, it's like my undergraduate degree was in chemistry, and I think that kind of helped me when I got into the law to understand how to take all this apart and see what it's made of. But sulfuric acid is H2SO4. If you don't have any sulfur, you don't have any sulfuric acid. Uh, a murder case, you have, you, have some, you have to prove someone's dead. You can't, you can't prove there's a death. In, in a contract case, you have to show that there was a contract, that it was enforceable, that there were damages that mm-hmm. resulted directly from the breach of the contract. Once people begin to understand the simplicity of all this stuff, then all the complexity begins to fall away. You begin to be able to see through all of the obfuscation that lawyers do, and you begin to realize that at the heart of all this, it's extremely simple. And that's due process. Well... Due process is the right to, to 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 know that the hearing is going to take place on Tuesday instead of finding out about it at 9 o'clock Monday night, you see. Mm-hmm. It's the right to have witnesses. It's the right to file pleadings. It's the right to force somebody to turn documents over in the process we call discovery. It's the right to take depositions. You know, it's a right to have pleadings. It's a right to be heard. And the Constitution talks about due process, my friend, but... The Constitution doesn't tell us what due process is. Nobody out there that we know of is telling us what due process is except jurisdictionary. Here's what it is. Here's how you use it. It's a great thing. It's what makes America, what, what, what will continue to make America great and make America even better than it is now as the people begin to realize this belongs to us. This is our most fundamental right. And it's called due process, but nobody told you because my profession makes a lot of money by keeping you from knowing it. So um, let's say I'm using jurisdictionary. I've got a case coming up, and I still I, I'm a little concerned about how things are going to go, and um, you know, like I don't know what to do precisely in this this circumstance. How what what sort of uh, what sort of uh, you know help do you have available to people in those situations? All right. Once you see the simplicity of it, that's the key. Simplicity is your power. Mm-hmm. So you have a case involves, oh, you know, breach of contract. OK, 
Okay. Well, you begin to learn that there are elements to that. There are certain things that have to be proven. The fact that the repairman looked, gave an ugly look to your wife or made some comment or he was wearing a green hat and all these things that they'll try to drag you off into these rabbit trails, they have nothing to do with anything. It's just the process that lawyers will try to put you through to try to confuse you. Mm-hmm. But when you actually understand that there's only a handful of facts that you have to prove to win, and you've got five discovery tools to prove it. I mean, it's amazing. I, I, if we have time, I'll just tell you quickly. My wife Please and do. I like to play a game. We go down the road. She says, okay, I'm thinking of something. Now, it could be anything. I mean, she really stumped me one time. She said it was fire. Was what she, I never did guess that one. But, but it could be a hubcap. You know, or it could be a loaf of rye bread. And with just a very few questions, you know, we can figure out what the other person is thinking about. Well, my gosh, you have questions, you have depositions, you have requests for reduction of documents and things. You can get somebody's toothbrush if you need it to prove your case and you can show the court that it's relevant. You have all of this power to get information and, and from other people and to bring witnesses. And if you just learn the simplicity of how that is done... Now nobody can kick sand in your face anymore. You don't get taken advantage of by people, and you don't hire a lawyer and have him fold his tent at the last minute because he's afraid to upset the judge. Part of winning is knowing how to stand up to the judge and say, excuse me, Your Honor, but this is what the law is, and we're going to follow it today. Thank you very much. (laughs) I really like it when they do that, follow the law. It's a hoot. I'm going to tell you, I had had a try. I guess I can't tell you what my torts professor said, that uh, that this is more fun, man. (laughs) Well, if it goes well, at least. Well, it is. I mean, it's absolutely, it's it's a hoot to walk into the courtroom, and you're dealing with lawyers on the other side. You might have a whole room full of lawyers on the other side, and they're trying every dirty trick in the book to try to teach you. And then the the judge doesn't like you you because you are standing up to him. But you do it in such a way that he doesn't have a choice. And it's absolutely, it is one of the most satisfying things that you can possibly imagine when you walk out of the courtroom and the judge is mad, but he signed the order. That's what counts. Hmm. Then you get on with your life. Well, I encourage people to... uh, What America's all about, the way I look at it. I'm with you, uh, Frederick. you know, I encourage everybody to uh, to get this jurisdictionary, try it out, and uh, to take you know every case that they possibly can to court, if only for the experience and to slow down the uh, the 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 ever hungry system that wishes to grow by taking your money from you. Um, how how do they go about doing that, Frederick? Well, you mean to get the course? Just yep. go to jurisdictionary.com. Jurisdictionary, like the word jurisdiction and the word dictionary, run together. And it's all explained there. There's a whole bunch of free things there, a whole bunch of definitions, and there's some videos, and there's some audio. There's all kinds of fun things you can do while you're there. We even have a forums where you can post questions. You have to register for the forum, then we have to approve you, and then we do moderate the forum to keep out the crazies. But there's a lot of wonderful stuff there. It's free, and while you're there, just check out what we say about the course and and read the testimonials. I mean, they're real people that, that get the course and they come back and they just think that this is the best thing since sliced bread. You know, I, I, I wish I could say the magic words that uh, would get people to understand how, what a valuable tool this is for, um, you know, slowing the growth of, uh, of, of government and, and uh, getting, getting a handle on the legal system that Americans haven't had before, but at least you can have it for yourself. But 
you know, I, I think the jurisdictionary is that tool. Well, bless you. Let's just say it one more way. As, as Blackstone said it, and if, if people will just Google Blackstone, he wrote the commentaries on the laws of England that were used to settle this country. And his statement is very simple. It's one of the maxims. He said, the courts are the power of the people. But my profession has hidden that from you. My profession doesn't want the people to realize that what lawyers do is really very, very easy. It's very, very simple once you see it. Now, there's work you have to do. You know, you actually have to do a little bit of work. But it's not rocket science. You don't have to learn German. It's not complicated. And all the words, the fancy words, like first time I heard interrogatory, I thought, ooh, interrogatory, that sounds impressive. But all it is is a written question that has to be answered under oath. Once you know what it is, you know what it is. But real quickly, you know, when we started out with computers, the computer revolution, people talking about bytes. You know, what's a byte? You yeah. know, what's a hard drive? But we didn't know what that was, but we learned. So we can learn this. It's, it's no more difficult. The rules of baseball, professional baseball, are 125 pages. The official rules of evidence in this country, in, the, in all the federal courts, 19 pages, not 125. It really is very simple, but my profession doesn't want you to know. So if you want to change the world and you want to constrain and control the people in power, let's use the courts instead of waiting till November. Now, um, obviously, you'll know you'll need to know a few more rules and the rules of evidence, but um, it's it's not too many more pages that you have to know worth of information, right? The, the, right. The rules of civil procedure, where you talk about, you know, how do you make a motion? How do you get discovery? You know, how do you set a deposition or use a subpoena? All of that. Actually, about 35 pages. Now, those are the official rules, and if you sat down to read them, you wouldn't know how to use them strategically any more than you knew how to play chess because someone told you that the bishop moves on the diagonal. Right. But once you understand how to use those rules tactically and strategically the way we teach, you can make these people sit up and pay attention to you, and you can force that, force them to do things they don't want to do. Oh, well. <laughs> That's what the court system is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be, um, you know, the, the, the two adversaries, uh, you know, meet and, and it's supposed to be fair, but it hasn't, you know, I haven't found it to be fair up to this point, but I feel much far better armed now with, uh, with jurisdictionary. Well, it isn't fair when one side knows the rules and how to use them, and the other side has been prevented from learning the rules and how to use them, because the legal profession has actively, over the centuries, kept that a secret. And I like to quote from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 52, where the Lord Christ said, Woe to you lawyers, for you've hidden the keys of knowledge, and nothing's changed. So let's get the keys of knowledge out there for the people and change the world. I'm for that, and thanks for the work that you've done on it, Frederick Graves. Bless your heart, Mark. Thank you. Thanks very much, and, uh, and, and have a good show tonight. Okay, bye-bye. Tell, tell people how they can uh, listen to your show, by the way. Oh, it's uh, Rule of Law Radio, and it's on some radio stations around the country. I guess in Austin and Pennsylvania, different places, people call in from around the country a little bit, and we talk about different things. You know, I'm not a professional broadcaster like you are, but we just talk about God, government, and the gospel mystery, and... Kind of informal. We have fun. So um, what if people want to listen to it online? Ruleoflawradio.com. There you go. Frederick Graves, there's thanks. A, there's a little link there.
Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.